What's up, Shane? How's it going? Hello, Shane. I'm terrific. Hi. <laughs> Hi, terrific. I'm Dad. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm really good. I, I'm alive. That's Thanks for being here. Yeah. And kicking. Appreciate Thanks that. Thanks for having me. This is a great, great place. Yeah. Watch some of the shows. Oh, yeah. Got a chuckle. Some okay. of them some were interesting. I spent too much time on the female gremlin after one of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a classic. That's a classic episode. Yeah. Um, don't, don't get her wet after midnight. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I have trouble with that even before midnight. <laughs> That's probably good advice just in general. Keep her just not I'm like how I start off just jumped off the cliff. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's that's how you know it's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, what what do you do, Shane? Tell us what's your uh what's your thing? What's your uh From, what's your gig? To pay for the stuff that I don't need to impress the people I don't like. I work as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've, been a, I've been a nurse uh, for 20 years. Hell yeah. It's a pretty well, good gig. How'd you get into that? Well, I started uh, in 11th grade. My dad said, you know, nobody in our family's been to college. And uh, you did pretty good on your ASVAB score. And I was like, is that the test that I was drawing Christmas trees and snakes <laughs> with the bubbles? Because I wasn't even taking that. Mm-hmm. I was just like r- literally drawing pictures with Damn. the bubbles. Flex. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hard I need, flex. <laughs> I need people immediately to know how intelligent I am. <laughs> <laughs> On how I but can it's draw accident- pictures. How I'm accidentally intelligent. <laughs> um, but he said, hey, uh, you could join the military. There hasn't been a war in 20 years. Yeah. You could pay for school. And you, uh, with, with your scores, you could be a hurt locker dude. Go tap around and see if there's a bomb. And I was like, that's that, not cool. Yeah. That sounds terrible. You could, yeah. be, you could be on a nuclear sub in a, <laughs> in a tube under the water. Sounds fun. Yeah. Minus SpongeBob. Yeah. Well, this was before SpongeBob. It was BS. <laughs> yeah. That also sounds terrible. <laughs> World without SpongeBob. I can't imagine it. So literally. Um, so I was. I just gra- just graduated eleventh grade. You don't graduate. 11th, that was for me graduation. But we. I finished eleventh grade. Dad said, "Hey, you want to do this?" And uh, and I was like, that sounds okay. How do I sign up? He said, you're going to MEPS next week for a physical. Oh, my God. <laughs> then you're going to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. <laughs> and I was 17 years old, and I just moved from Little Rock to Bryant. And uh, then all of a sudden, I was bald, and people were sha- yelling at me Yeah, <laughs> with a shaved head. Yeah, yeah. I but uh, sh- but uh, the third thing was a medic, like a... It was kind of it was ninety one Charlie that was just changed into ninety one Alpha, which was a, a new thing in the military in nineteen eighty nine um, where you you could be a medic or you know further go into like combat filled medical specialty or helicopter medic. Helicopters get sick all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I let me that. medic on that. Yeah. Um, so I I thought I would go into medical school from that and. Uh, um, after after I graduated 12th grade, I went to uh, Fort Sam Houston, which was a medical training. And guess what? Desert Shield had just started <laughs> in those wars that we have every 20 years for population control. Yeah, I was like, so I might not go to college or might be a little break here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they, they said, you'll love AIT, which is Advanced Individual. They got an acronym for everything. You mix medical and Army yep. or, or any military, and you could talk. I think Robin Williams does it in Good Morning Vietnam, where he like <laughs> says a paragraph with just acronyms and yeah. abbreviations or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I never understood why they have to shorten some of those too. It seems ridiculous. It's, mm-hmm. it's like code talking, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's it. They just don't want you to know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
so they got really they said there's there's tech sergeants there weren't even drill sergeants you don't get yelled at or anything when you go to your after basic and you're in 12th after my senior year but i was in basic training with dudes that were like 30 you know there's like colonel kurtz <laughs> from apocalypse now was there and he was like this us now crawl across the straight edge of a razor <laughs> and you know i'm 17 going when doves cry <laughs> <laughs> and uh I was playing. <laughs> I was I was playing drums, uh, and uh, and my life changed. I was digging a hole and to fill it back up, and people were shooting bullets over my head. And they said, "We're going to train you. You've already learned an M16, the A1 rifle, and grenade, and how to kill people properly. Now we're going to teach you how to fix them up." <laughs> and we're also going to give Life's you about balance. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yin and the yang. Right. They're like. Uh, we're going to teach you nine millimeter. I grew up, my father was a hunter, so I already knew I was pretty good at all that stuff mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and playing music. It goes well together. Yeah. Well, growing up in Southwest Little Rock, it was a necessity to Absolutely. survive and to be able to shoot. Yes. Yeah. Um, grew up over by the highway department right there in Southwest Little Rock. <sighs> and that, I, I mean, I guess in the 60s, before, like the decade before I, born, I was born, it was kind of like what West Little Rock is mm-hmm. now. But then it slowly kind of got gangsta. Southwest yeah. is not play. So I just man. tell somebody I'm an 09er, and they're like, "Yo, <laughs> yo, <laughs> I know you're five eight and shit, but <laughs> don't don't shame me." I respect. I respect it. I respect it. Okay, where did I go? Okay, so I'm a, um, so they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna learn uh, all this stuff, and today we're gonna learn how to start IVs, but we're gonna practice on dummies. So pick a partner." Okay, <laughs> and I was like, the best dummies. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they, then they made fun of their own. Uh, is it acronyms when it's a letter for the word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I was mm-hmm. doing some kind of onomatopoeia or spoonerisms <laughs> and getting this stuff <laughs> alliterated wrong. But uh, this uh, really cool African American guy who was like, Shane, you're really cool. You laid back. I'm gonna let you start my IV, man. I ain't worried about it. You gonna start my IV, man. It's gonna be all right. I'm gonna be good. And I was like, oh, we're gonna start him anyway. I gotta get stuck. Sure. Blood returned, flushed it. He was like, oh man, that was that was not bad. It didn't even hurt, man. It didn't even hurt. Great. Oh, yeah. And he was like, okay, now let me start. Oh, oh. <laughs> it was like, but this is the hand I shoot with. Mm-mm. I mean, he bruised my arm up. And I like pain anyway, so I was like, this is great. <laughs> Hell but, uh, yeah. I would never say that out loud. <laughs> so short story long, that's how I became a nurse. Hell yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the main reason I wanted, and nursing was quicker than medical school, so by the time it came around to it, I was like, I'll just do my. I'll just do go to school for eleven years for my four year degree. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, because right when I got into, I started working at Vino's. It had just opened. It wasn't even Vino's. It was like I've been going to Vino's before. It was, uh, it was at least three names mm-hmm. that was there before, and uh, I was washing dishes there. And speaking of spoonerism, if you switch the words for washing dishes, I was dashing wishes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love that job, man. <laughs> Bands were playing in the back, and uh, I would go after school and, and work. And uh, and I was I was OCD, so I got that stuff clean. I put it in the rack. And uh, but I was still kind of like with short hair and military based, uh, and so people didn't really know what and. And I said, hey, Henry, Henry Lee was one of the owners. I said, uh, 
how about instead of at midnight at one o'clock, I clean instead of vomiting up the mop, mopping up the vomit, <laughs> um, and cleaning the table. <laughs> this mop won't vomit up. <laughs> um, it was like you know alien. Vomit. Oh shit! Oh my god! The, I'm sorry. The dogs are attacking me. There's really not dogs here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, the edibles just kicked in. Yeah, I'm on drugs right now, guys. So I said, hey, how about I come after uh, after I get out of school from Mueller? I was taking pre-reds for, pre-reqs for medical school or nursing or whatever, just like your basic pre-reqs. I said, uh, I'll come here about, I don't know, say 6 o'clock, right when sound check is. And I saw every band for like, a year and a half or two years sound check in their own element, you know. Hell yeah. Um and I was like, Hey guys, I'm just mopping up <laughs> and uh the sound guys doing that and so I, I was very interested in the the sound and the musicians and off stage banter and arguments and how things were set up and the whole music and everything about that. Um and then I saw these guys play. There were this band called the Lemmings. And I was like, that's a great name for a band, you know? Um, And I talked to him afterwards. I was like, hey, I play the drums, you know? I'd like to probably hang out and play music with you guys. And uh, they were like, great, because we don't really like this bass player or drummer. We're about to kick him out of the band. (laughs) Oh, yeah, perfect. And I was like, perfect. And uh, then uh, there was this bass player that worked at Boyd Music. It was on 12th Street over off of University. I don't know if you guys remember Boyd Music. Boyd Music? Boyd Mm-mm. yeah um anyway he worked there and he and I he had gone he was in Boy Scouts with me okay but he was the one that like did acid and played Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. while we were all getting our skill <laughs> awards and stuff mm-hmm. and uh listening to Black Sabbath and stuff and uh he I was like that's cool we should you know talk to him and everything I'm something's licking my hand and that freaked me out <laughs> These damn dogs. Dude, it's the drugs <laughs> kicking in, man. I'm telling you. Try this new hand licking yeah. mushroom. We all try it. We all like ate edibles before we started. The, so this guy, um, that's not true. This other guy came in and was like, uh, "Hey, um, I'm about to play bass with this band." He was like, "Hey, where's it?" And he said, "It's the Lemmings." And he's like, "I play bass in that band." So he like, <laughs> "Holy <laughs> shit!" That's how the other guy found out and told damn. the drummer. And, wow. Uh, so anyway, the. The uh, computer genius, acid-taking Boy Scout friend of mine with long hair, uh, who now works at MIT in Boston. He, <laughs> Hell yeah! He, he was like, "How about we name this band not the Somethings or anything like that?" I was thinking, Techno Squid eats Parliament. Techno Squid <laughs> eats Parliament. <laughs> wow, what a name! Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, shit. "Where did that come from?" He's like, "I was looking at this magazine. It's like a comic book from, yeah. from England. It's called Viz V I Z, and it would it would had stupid headlines like uh, <coughs> Giant Octopus eats Parliament yeah. or, or Morrissey is a twat or something." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like, it, "It's like a non-name." And <laughs> within about three months, we. We had uh, come in the finals of the. It was now it's the Arkansas Times Showcase. Back then it was Spectrum Weekly, and it was at the Old Juanitas. And now you know you have local guests that uh, is a volunteer DJ at KBF is going to be one of the judges. Back then it was like uh, Jody Stevens, a drummer for Big Star. Rick Clark, who wrote for Billboard magazine. Oh, shit. Jim Dickinson, who Jeez. produced, was a producer originally from Little Rock. 
those were your judges, you know, and you had Benny Turner and I think Chris Maxwell, who was in the Gun Bunnies, uh, running Juanitas, and it was a big deal. And uh, they liked what they saw, and they, of the four finalists, they signed my band and Two Minutes Hate, which is Barry Pointer's band. I don't know if you guys know, he's a, he records music, he's, uh, in, his band was called Two Minutes Hate. And all of a sudden, I was in the military, in college, working at Vino's, and signed to a record label and about to record and they got this producer that was uh his name's john hampton and he had just done gin blossoms that was the big thing that was going on hey jello seeds yeah yeah we used to say hey jello seeds <laughs> that's what you grow jello with. and they just played at the fair recently that's um, right. That's, so I remember you, seeing that. That's they probably were be what there. my band would be doing now. <laughs> yeah, right. Playing state fairs, but hey, it's at least they're still playing music. The one, the ones that are alive from that band. Um, but anyway, they wanted us to change the name. They actually liked the Lemmings, but it was just a big, uh, it was just a big disaster from day one. <laughs> it was like Spinal Tap, and I got out of the military for a while. I was allowed to get out. Um, I stopped going to school, and all of a sudden we got a house on 3rd and Denison in Little Rock, and that's where it's called the Hollow House or the TC House now. It's like a punk rock house. That's where we lived, and we played Venus once a month, and uh, that paid for our um, rent, and we toured the rest of the time and did odd jobs and you know had girlfriends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's the life. Yeah. For be, that would be, man, can you imagine trying to do that today? And there was, there were no, there were pagers, but there was no internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, the guy that was a bass player, he had a laptop, and it was about as thick as that. I mean, it was a huge laptop, <laughs> and he was. We would stay at people's houses mostly, or a hotel, or whatever we could stay at. And he was plugging this thing into the phone line. I'm like, what are you doing, <laughs> computering the phone? <laughs> and he's like, no, man, it's called the internet. And I'm going to set up an email <laughs> thing for our fans because all the colleges that we play, they have their own email. You know, about the time that I guess Zuckerberg was coming up with the idea mm-hmm. of Facebook a little bit later. But um, uh, we, we mailed out our flyer or we mailed out a thing and we ended up getting this thing called the Biscuit Quarterly and we would review foods that we got from gas stations and and talk about the different things the bands that we played with and stuff and we actually mailed out stuff to the people and we played several tours of the u.s and canada there's a thing called north by northeast in canada and for some reason like from like maryland up all the way to canada and a lot of england somehow they got our music a little bit more it was like the guy from Billboard wrote in Billboard that it, he said this band is a very energetic rock band from Little Rock that's like an Anglo smart power pop band with punk undertones. And I was like, wow, man. <laughs> we're We're that? <laughs> At least you finally found your genre. Yeah, but and so techno, it was filed in the techno bins. Uh, Parliament, it was under Funkadelic stuff, and then just what? the whole word. So the distribution, if you go back and you study the history of Big Star, they recorded at Ardent Records. Uh, Ardent Records was a record label in Memphis, and it got a lot, stacks got so big that a lot of that stuff got pulled over to uh, John Fry's uh, studios, Ardent Studios, and they recorded a lot of stuff there. And Alex Chilton, who was a singer for the Box Tops that sang Get Me a Ticket for an Airplane, 
He was like 14 or 15 when he recorded that. It sounded like an old man smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Give me a ticket for an airplane. <laughs> Can you pass a Cheerios? <laughs> um, he made a power pop kind of band, uh, sort of British influence, called Big Star. And if you guys haven't mm -hmm. heard it, a lot of people haven't, but they've influenced most of the bands that you like. And now, I mean, it's so far away now that they've influenced bands that influenced other bands. But R.E.M., uh, Sonic Youth, uh, Teenage Fan Club, uh, The Posies. I mean, the list just goes on and on. They mm -hmm. they were highly influenced by this. Um, but it was it was a power pop band released through a distribution company that was mostly soul records. So, like, they didn't know how to take wow. it. And it was just like, it was this band that should have been huge, but it was a kind of distribution nightmare and i think we sort of repeated that and became a tax write-off <laughs> mm -hmm. from that um, but it, it was cool the military was a, a cool life learning experience um going to college and then working at vino's and being in with watching the music scene grow it was the only, and it still is i think the only all ages clubs you can go to and see and play music yeah which yeah. is important i mean the first time i went there it was called DMZ or Demilitarized Zone, I think, or it might have been Mandrakes by that time. It was the late 80s. Mm. And it was uh, a band called Numbskulls, and they were opening for Trusty, which was a big band that went on to Discord Records um, out of D.C. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sobering Consequences, I think, was the other band from Memphis. And the last before I went to a show... I, there's a concert and there's a show and I was I was introduced that this was a show I'd never seen people jump off the stage and staged on mm -hmm. and these, these were kids like a year or two younger than me and numbskulls mm -hmm. playing better than me and and like doing really good and just just the energy and then like the quiet guy that brought me there was a photographer he works with National Geographic now but he lived in Bryant and there was nothing to do in Bryant so go into this hole in the wall club in Little Rock was really interesting and uh um i got they were given they were selling acid at the door <laughs> that's, that's how it Yo. was <laughs> and there, there was a all that glass front end of vino's mm -hmm. that was all just plywood spray painted black oh my god and it looked like most haunted houses <laughs> yeah. right? Yo. and uh, then then you walk into this other place and uh they had this black light stuff and there were like planets and space and solar system and like some bench stolen from Pizza Hut or something <laughs> over here. And there were like people making out. And then you go to this back room. It didn't open up that side. The side didn't exist where they do their brewery and stuff now. Yeah. And you go into this brick box and there's like, <laughs> and then my real quiet skater haircut, flipping hair photographer friend, he took some pictures and got up on stage. I was like, what the hell is he doing? And he jumped off stage and like people were holding him up. I was like, hell yeah wow this this is what i want to do <laughs> but i won't be i definitely won't want to be 30 like an old man doing this and i'm 47 <laughs> now trying to get a band back together to play Venus. right um but we made we made a lot of money and had a lot of fun at Venus. i mean uh, we constantly and and that was like 92 93 94 five dollars a person and bringing home eight hundred dollars as the band yeah, and i'm 19 20 years old mm -hmm. yeah that's that impressive a, money now let alone sure. back then yeah. Yeah. henry was like you and green day and like Pumpkinhead and billy goat um maybe another band called plaid retina 
there was like four to ten that sold the place out almost every time and we were one of them and there were there were kids there were our parents there were the guys that were sort of we weren't punk so we weren't it was almost like you had to secretly go see us because we weren't cool like a guilty pleasure kind of deal (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then we had kind of our rival it was kind of like high school rivalry our rival band was ho-hum um which is a really great rock band that uh, had several famous members and actually the drummer from numbskulls went on to be in substance substance won that showcase and then he later went on tour with two minutes hate as their drummer with me and we got to become better friends there colin brooks is his name um and he also played with ho-hum so like the little rock music scene is real incestual with switching over members and stuff mm-hmm, the te- sure. techno squiddies parliament was always just the four of us and uh we in 2015 we recorded through the internet like the bass player lives in boston one of the singer guitar players lives in san francisco and then aaron sarlo and i live in little rock and uh we recorded the drums and mailed the stuff off digitally mm-hmm. and recorded the entire album through the internet which was so opposite of a multi-million dollar studio mm-hmm. with a producer <laughs> yeah and then we practiced for like two hours the day before the show and played all of our old songs and a lot of the new songs from the album that I had never even heard. I mean, <laughs> I was like listening to the new album to mm-hmm. know how the song went because we recorded it through the internet. It was amazing mm-hmm. to go from that to Facebook events. I mean, we made our flyers at, at uh, Kinko's. Mm-hmm. That was when we had money. Before that, you know, there was construction paper and stealing <laughs> stuff from art supplies. Mm-hmm. But anyway... So that's the musical background. So I've been in the music scene. I wouldn't say I was a part of it, but I've been in the music scene. Let me hit the mic. <laughs> um, since the late 80s. And then the bass player for uh, Trusty made a band with Aaron Sarlo that was in Technosquid, and we called it Dangerous Idiots. It's different <laughs> members now, mm-hmm. but that was Dangerous Idiots. The punk bass player from Trusty and me and Aaron from Techno Squiddy's Parliament. And he still he still tours and plays and does music, too. Oh, he, yeah. he was part of Suge Radio for a while. Okay. And uh, he has a solo release album song that's, like, masterfully done, high-quality studios, uh, local musicians singing on it. The guy who produced Candle in the Wind mm-hmm. produced it, and it's called Penis Tsunami. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love that name. That's great. And I think, I think he got he specifically says Candle in the Wind for the phallic symbol in your head, and mm-hmm. then tells you. But he, he for a while, uh, <laughs> for a while, the band had broken up, and everybody, they tried to move to Boston for a while and, and do things there, but it eventually just, so we're officially together now as of 2015. I'm trying to get us to record another album online. And then play another show, but yeah, that, that was pretty fun. We did that in 2015. Oh yeah, love the music scene. It's a lot of fun, a whole lot of fun. Pretty yeah, crazy. It's come I, a long I've, way. I've also played a show where I made twelve dollars as an entire band at Vino's. Of course, before. yeah. Of course. See, that's that's what I'm more used to mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> I mean, well, you gotta, you know, you yeah, gotta have those nights, you know, especially starting up. It's the same with I think drugs and alcohol. Anytime you go this far feeling falsely good mm-hmm. you're gonna feel this far bad for the next couple of days so it's best just to like stay centered mm-hmm. and focused and you know just not do too much of anything just 
Sure. Back mm-hmm. to the balance. Yeah. Yin That's right, and children. Yang. <laughs> it's all about balance. <laughs> Be cool to your school. Be cool to your school. Don't buy acid at the door at Vino's. It is not real acid. Um, I think the main reason he hit me up for doing this was about uh, the radio show I do Thursdays on KBF. Yes. 88.3 FM. Go ahead and name people. drop it. It's called Gray Matter Radio. There we go. And uh, I... Um, the last band, I, the la- well, it's been three years now, which hurts my heart since I played live music. Uh, the last band I was in was called The Casual Pleasures. Um, and I love playing in that band, but the singer moved to China for a while, so it made gigging a little bit harder. Yeah. But now, he's, sure. now he's back in town and we're not playing music. <laughs> but um, I, I kind of wanted to, every time I got into a band, people were smoking cigarettes, I'd bum a cigarette, they hit some bongs at the end of the night. They'll start bringing beer. Then each of us would just like have a holster with whiskey in it. Yeah. And then it was just every time I got around music, just the excess of and all that stuff drew me away from actually making the music. You mm-hmm. ended up sitting around smoking pot talking <laughs> about how good it would be. To, or or this would be a good band name. This mm-hmm. would be a good album title. And you're not even making music anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, this sticker I put here, uh, one of the guys from The Casual Pleasures, he has a home studio. I think he calls it Rainbow Kicker Recording. (laughs) Um, But we joked around about alcoholism and and drug use in bands, and I was like, I always wanted to have a band called Billy Rubin and the Elevated Enzymes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a mouthful there. Yeah. And and Billy Rubin would come out with like a cape, like James Brown, he'd be Billy Rubin. Mm -hmm. It would be like kind of the way... um, Man in the Moon. Who was the the uh, um, the comedian? Uh, he did uh, Mighty Mouse. Yeah, Andy uh, Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. That's it was kind of. And I wanted to, you know, him to have like not even like say who he. We weren't even going to say who we were in real life, and uh, he went on and recorded uh, the first song, Psychedelic Do Rag. Psychedelic <laughs> Do Rag. But that came from one of the sessions of just hanging out, talking crap mm-hmm. about the, the wonderful things we were going to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it goes for yeah. sure I, I think the whole music thing i i noticed the rock stars got girls and i wanted a girlfriend so and, and uh so i started i wasn't afraid to dance at school mm-hmm. because all the guys like i'm too cool to dance i'm gonna be over here mm-hmm. you know on the wall i'm gonna be on the wall because the chicks like that <laughs> <laughs> let me put my flask in my hunter orange vest <laughs> and i'm like Pure energy. (laughs) (laughs) Bad boys don't dance. You know, so I found that writing poetry and playing music and dancing and not being afraid to, like, do all that, it basically came from just a sick sadness of being lonely and wanting a girlfriend. Sure. There you go. Like all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Why does anyone start doing music? Especially, well, (laughs) why does any dude start doing anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Those reasons right there. It's a good motivator. The world turns because of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's how that always goes <laughs> what's what's ironic is if i would have never gotten married i'd probably be a millionaire you think so yeah see that's what i tell everyone so like i work at a um i work at a like a retirement home uh you know all the old people or ho- there. old homes go to retire yeah 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 <laughs> and uh you know love all my love all my old people and uh they're cool man yeah they, they'll they talk to me of, they got a lot of stuff to say yeah if you listen mm-hmm. and they'll be like you know why don't you have a you have a girlfriend i'm like no and they're like 
well, why not? I'm like, I can't, I can't afford it, you know? <laughs> like you said, I'd be a millionaire if, you know, I hadn't had girlfriends in the past. I've been married three times. Three times? But I would never say that out loud. Wow. Okay, so he has not been married three times. And I have four children. God, I'll suck the money right <laughs> out of you. But you're not saying that. No. Hashtag not bitter. This is all about positivity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've, I noticed just last uh, the last couple of years that resentment and bitterness holding on to that is like some Confucius dude said it's like drinking your own poison and hoping the other person dies from mm-hmm. it and if you uh, if you just kind of let go of that things are a lot better the, the only thing you have control of is how you react to people mm-hmm. in a situation yeah you, you choose to be mad you know I've, I've had I had a I don't know you get kind of bitter and angry after several things and just yeah. banging your head. I mean, like almost make it in the music industry and then almost being an actor and then going to Sundance and being interviewed by Latin HBO mm-hmm. and then coming back to nursing school was just like, and then the director goes on and he may, he works with Rip Torn, Pierce Bronson, uh, Who's the guy was Harry and the Hendersons and uh, Third Rock from the Sun? I've never John seen Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah. He worked with them. And Harry he, and the Hendersons was such a good jam. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that movie. Yeah, man. but uh, <laughs> they need to do a hillbilly one with the Falk Monster. <laughs> <laughs> the legend of yeah. Boggy Creek. <laughs> yeah. Interesting thing uh, uh, about Venos, too, um, not that I'm tooting their horn or anything, Um the the front of Vino's has a my grandfather was a professional photographer for the Arkansas Highway Department for many years and I lived over by the highway department so I'd go visit him and my aunt and he he had the a dark room back with the chemicals of the mm-hmm. of the photographs and Old uh, film for developing the shit and, yeah. and he he would do an Arkansas film a lot of blowing up bridges and building places and he always took a picture of the like back when we used maps paper maps mm-hmm. He took the picture each year on the front of the Arkansas Highway Department map of like the autumn scene or, you know, road or bridge. But also along the way, he would take pictures of steam engines, go to Civil War reenactments, stop and take pictures like Andy Warhol of like car crashes. <laughs> <laughs> when the when the nuclear uh, reactor and I guess it's Russellville. Yeah, Russellville. Oh, he he drove by once and it w- the wind was blowing and he has a total cloud question mark photograph but not photoshopped of like a question mark over that what and uh Dang. anyway so there's this if you go, if you go into vino's and you look on the left side across from where the food is cooked in the big oven there's this br- this picture of bridges it says six bridges of arkansas donated by so-and-so photo by johnny gray that's my grandfather's photograph oh and shit. Uh, there's a there's a beer called six bridges there I guess named sort of like after the maybe the photograph. Nice. And okay. So he's infamous in the front, and I've got a broken symbol signed. I think there's a broken accordion that says Techno Squid in the back. So. Hell fucking yeah, dude! <laughs> nice. So I'm totally infamous, and that's awesome. Feet. It's um, it's cool to go back there once in a while. I mean, it's still, it's still going on. I think it opened at it was maybe December of '89 or '90. So I guess that's. Yeah, mm. I've always known it as Vino's. I yeah, me even... too. It was Mandrakes for a while, and uh, it was kind of like the Nevermore people who were doing the goth thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people would all dress in black. And my girlfriend in high school that turned me on to Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Smiths, The Cure, Depeche Mode, Joy Division, Bauhaus, mm-hmm. 
that's the kind of people that went there. And man, I loved the the dark brooding dark lipstick glasses wearing <laughs> yeah. pissed off angsty mm. females with the fishnet pantyhose mm. on that's a good scene yeah it was just like a it just, classic just just melt with that stuff yeah yeah i should have yeah. taken her to prom <laughs> <laughs> she would have loved she that she said I'm she sure. didn't want to go vino's yeah. is probably a better option if she's in that scene for well, prom she wasn't even in that scene she was just like a true og mm, goth person exactly right I mean, you know what goth person wants to go she to prom? would shoplift uh, cassettes because that was what was popular mm-hmm. um and from like camelot music or whatever the mall place was mm-hmm. and then convinced me that they had a 15 percent markup for damages and shoplifting <laughs> and i was like well you're help- we're helping the company <laughs> <laughs> you know wow <laughs> That's true love there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they appreciated that. That's true love and For homegrown sure. tomatoes. <laughs> wow. I'm taking you guys on a tangential journey of... A little know. bit of everything. Love it. Love um, it. So my last name's Gray, mm-hmm. and gray matter is the part of your brain that has, they think, has the sensory parts, you know, where you can see, hear, smell, mm-hmm. um, control your anger. And I was like, well, my last name's Gray, and if I called it Gray Matter Radio, I could be, I could still do music, support local bands, play some local stuff. I know Suge Radio does all local, but I want to throw out some local bands, play some new music, and have no real format at all, and just kind of like go in the recesses of your mind and just be open-minded to try to play. I don't do a lot of dark metal or punk or classical but, you know, I'll play something from the 1920s and then go into a Lou Reed, yeah. mm-hmm. into Joy Division, yeah, into something that I, like a Def Leppard or something. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is all over the place. But that, the show that I do is uh, Thursdays 9 to 11 on KBF, and it's a volunteer DJ job. Mm-hmm. You don't get paid for it. Oh, that's cool, though. That's uh, So I found it through Ryan, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we listened to it at the uh, at the studio. Yeah, he says uh, he plays the show there. Yeah. Uh, were and you there the night that I was talking over uh, while people were there? Yeah. Uh, at the studio? Yeah, like yeah, I, w- yeah. I was like talking. I was like, you there getting a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, man, people freaked out. <laughs> they did. It was fantastic because they didn't even know like what we were It was just background to. music. Mm-hmm. Right, sure. right. And yeah, it was pretty great. It was a, it was I was a like, time. I figured, you know, maybe somebody would be listening or get a kick and it worked out perfectly. They called me and said, man, there were people laying there getting a tattoo and all of a sudden the radio started talking to them <laughs> hey, specifically. Yeah. This is the voice of God. Yeah, they were very confused at what was happening. Yeah, 9 to 11, 88.3 FM on Thursdays, Gray Matter Radio. Yeah, I do. I, I like a lot uh, of what you play. Oh, it's fantastic. And like the spectrum of it. I mean, my music tastes are everywhere anyway, yeah. so it makes it even great. What do you do? Uh, what's your process for going through and, and picking what, you, what well, you're what you going to play? I try to keep the philosophy that a good musician can at least appreciate all types of music. So mm-hmm. even, I mean, sometimes I'll play uh, Throbbing Gristle, which is just a lot of, like some people would say, noise, you know. Um, the process, I listen to music anyway, so I listen to music all week, and then whatever I'm feeling like in the mood or something that reminds me of I'll just go through, um, like I was watching a Quentin Tarantino film and, uh, uh, I think it was the, the one out in the snow. Uh, what is that? Hateful Eight? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it reminded me of something from, uh, Pulp Fiction and then that put me on a tangential journey on something else. And then 
and my mom listens in sometimes and what really got me into music I was a kid and my parents were always listening to music, but they were the type that listened to the Beatles until they started doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know they were doing drugs before they were even recording music. Definitely. Um, but, you know, I guess the Sgt. Pepper's stuff, they, she'll let me listen to I Want to Hold Your Hand. And they had Fleetwood Mac rumors, but they had Jackie Wilson and they had... Uh, uh, the Kingston Trio, Lemon Tree, very pretty, but the lemon light. Uh, uh, Buddy Holly. I mean, that Buddy Holly was really invented Nirvana. Yeah. He he. There there were orchestrations behind people, and he's like, I'm gonna play guitar, put a bass, and he plays the drums, and I'm gonna rave on with you guys. Mm. And you know, he's just from some small town in Texas, and uh, stuff like that was blowing my mind. And then my aunt. She's about eight years older than me. Her uh, and her boyfriend let me borrow Pink Floyd, The Wall, and Jethro Tull, Aqualung. <laughs> and uh, yes, uh, uh, I've seen all good people turn their heads these days. I don't even know what it is. but And uh, of course, where I was living in O'Ninerville, it was like living in the state fair. Yeah. It was constantly... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I got there was a band down the road that really turned me on to music, and they were called Diamond Romeo, hmm. and they were a rock band's rock band of Little Rock. Diamond, Diamond Romeo. Diamond Romeo. I've never heard. Of that. Yeah. Um, this guy Les Ming was my hero. He lived down the road. His dad, I think, was divorced, so it was just him and his dad. And the back trailer was their practice place, and I'd be driving my little Dallas Cowboys bike, yeah. <laughs> and I would hear, uh, like. Uh, a Van Halen cover song. I'm talking about Diver Down, before, like old Van Halen, because um, it was a long time ago. And uh, they were doing the, the kinks. And one day I was like, I'm just going to go knock. And I was probably 12, maybe. And I went and knocked on the door. And you know, <laughs> it looks like Slash. It, it, yeah. looks like, <laughs> it looked like the generic mm-hmm. rock stars with the whiskey bottle cigarettes, nude women on mm-hmm. the wall. They're like, yeah, man, come on in. You can listen to some music. So I was just like there with some earplugs, just like in the midst of like wow. little rock, Damn. rock and roll. That's crazy. I think that they, I think they had to break up because they got arrested for stealing some big band's equipment they <laughs> opened up for or something. Fuck, Ooh. dude, you can't come on. But uh, it was good stuff, and that that really influenced me. And and I started. My dad uh, allowed me to get a drum set when I was thirteen. And I was still living there in Little Rock, and uh, we I had a phonograph player. If I played too loud, it would skip. So I was what? so I was so happy when we got cassette tapes because mm-hmm. I could play the crap out of the drums. <laughs> and I remember like uh, uh, Appetite for Destruction. I would play that, and yes, nine oh two one oh, or was that a series of teenagers? <laughs> uh, you know, like Owner of a Broken Heart. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, what scorpions? Uh, what took you to drums? What uh, why the drums? I wanted to play violin, and my dad said, "You ain't gonna be no egghead playing no violin, boy. <laughs> Come over here against the wall and stand and watch these girls dance." <laughs> and uh, he's like, he said, "You need to play saxophone, or, or or he wanted me to play something else in the band if I was gonna play something." And I went there. And there's this, this guy's a musician in Little Rock. He still plays. His name's Carl Mouton. He was the band director. I started Jay Fair, which is now closing. The freaking high school's closing. But 
I was there, I think it was 82 in seventh grade, 82, 83. And uh, we were trying out for the band and stuff, and I was going to try to play the saxophone because, like, all the cool bands, like, uh, I guess, um, you know, there's a lot of bands that had saxophone in mm-hmm. it, all the way up through, like, uh, um, Psychedelic Furs even has a lot of saxophone, but especially the 80s, like Huey Lewis and the yep. News and all the bands like that were saxophone bands. So I was going to go in and be the saxophone dude. <laughs> and, and so we get in line and he's like, uh, you got good, you got good, strong hands. Why don't you play the drums? And I was like, okay, daddy wants me to play the drums. He was like, okay. You got good, strong hands, boy. <laughs> you got pretty lips. <laughs> can you school like a pig? <laughs> you can um, beat on this drum. <laughs> <laughs> can you beat the skins? <laughs> Hold on, is this stick? Oh my god. Thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> I was learning my rudiments at thirteen. <laughs> but uh he still plays uh piano and jazz stuff and I think he's his main instrument was the trombone. But uh I can pretty much pick up any instrument and make you think I can play it if you're not a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for the ones you blow on. I've never been the one to Really? Except for maybe a harmonica, because it's already you pick the key of whatever the song. <laughs> yeah. But like just slide up the aperture that and getting spit and blowing, it just it was just too sensitive. It's too it was too personal for me. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> it was yeah. a lot more fun to beat on stuff. Yeah. But it come to find out, they had too many saxophone players, and the dude just made up some crap about my hands. <laughs> See, that's kind of kinda what I what I figured. Yeah, that's kind of so what I, I thought. Yeah. That's usually how that drummer. goes. Yeah, I, I was the same way um, when I wanted to join my like middle school band. I was like, uh, I want to play drums like really bad, you know. It was cooler to play drums. Yeah, too. yeah, were, exactly. It was less geeky. Mm-hmm. I was going to get sure. my. It was like all the cool kid. kids play drums because the piccolo. Yeah, I like rhythm. I like you know all the cool kids play drums. I want to play drums. And they're like, everybody wants to play drums. No, we're going to put you on clarinet. And I was like, I'm not going to play the clarinet. (laughs) It's scary, too, because seventh grade in Mm -hmm. Little Rock, guys were going behind the band building in seventh grade getting high. Mm -hmm. I I, I somehow, because of a kind of a stringent military sort of father figure that was very anti-drugs and alcohol, I made it to almost like, 17 before i even damn wow but you know your basic training or or i think san antonio on the river walk at age 18 thinking i'm old enough to get shot for my country Mm -hmm. i'm old enough to drive i'm old enough to vote but i can't drink i'm gonna drink for my country (laughs) there's there's a lot of bad choices so i went from nothing at all to passing around the uh you know those things at the hotels you just fill your bucket up with ice (laughs) i was just like pour everything in here oh god i was that guy shit Mm -mm. that's not the way to do it yeah you wake up with something (laughs) cold on your shoulder and it's the the floor yeah that's the 17 year old way to do it actually i woke up with uh well well, i won't go into the details It, it was uh, it was kind of my own private Idaho thing going on at one point. Have you seen that movie with uh, River Phoenix? Mm-hmm. My own private Idaho. No. The Keanu Reeves is in it. You got to see it. Flea is in that movie. What? How, when was this movie? What was the My uh, own private Idaho? Oh my god, you got to see it. And that's really the way I got into making that. That uh, I quit the band. We were about to have. We had music videos. We had a compact disc that was audio visual. One of the first audio visual visual CDs. <laughs> Um, B-52's Private Idol. No, that's... Yeah, I think um, it's a Gus Van Zandt movie, I believe. Right down. Oh, oh right here. Uh, yeah, there you here go. go. My own Private Idol. Gotcha. Go. 
1991. Uh, River Phoenix uh, has narcolepsy. And mm. basically living with these street guys, and uh, they're selling their body for sex to men or women. Oh, wow. Wow. And huh. Keanu, Keanu Reeves hangs out with them, but he's a rich kid. And, like, it kind of goes from there. Oh, okay. Interesting. But it's, it's really a... So um, I, I quit the band. I, I was like, man, I'd rather just be famous with my family and friends than do this whole... Everywhere I was going, I, I don't know just had i was like i need to finish school i needed something to fall i was actually influenced by the to do this by the uh the president of reprise records i became friends with him his name's howie klein and uh he was like i thought he was going to sign our band but apparently he wanted me to marry him or something (laughs) (laughs) which i was so into the band at the time i wouldn't have even done that with the record exec female i was just like you know I thought you were going to sign her band. <laughs> right. I even tried to turn him on to, do you, have you guys heard of uh, Ashtray Babyhead? Yep. <laughs> I, 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 I freaking sent the pill cassette to him, mm-hmm. the president of Reprise, which is part of Warner Brothers and Sire. I mean, major label stuff. And he calls me and Seymour Stein and this whole like round table of record execs calls me, he calls me on a, on a speakerphone and they're hearing a, I know, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of Green Day sounding, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. on purpose, but kind of that about that time. Mm-hmm. And Green Day was on Warner Brothers. He's like, yeah, Shane, we're listening to this uh, uh, Ashtray Babyhead. It's really, and he's sing, <laughs> they're singing along to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Seymour Stein, who like, in, like discovered the Ramones, I believe, and like stuff like that. And, uh, and I was like, what do you think? He was like, we're probably just going to die like everything else in Arkansas and nobody's going to hear about him. <laughs> right. And I was like so pissed. I didn't talk to him for just like <laughs> a year. But he, I probably shouldn't like, I don't know. It doesn't matter now. He basically said, marry me today. And, uh, what's your biggest dream as a musician? And I was like, I like, I think Martin Gore is cool from Depeche Mode. And he's done the solo thing. And I can play most of the stuff that he can't, and he can do all the other stuff. I'd like to do a side project with Martin Gore. He's like, marry me today. We're going to Bristol, England next week, and you're going to meet Martin Gore. And I was Jesus. like, but Techno Squid eats Parliament. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's a, uh, that's a tough Hashtag one. Hashtag not bitter, number two. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sequel. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I still talk to him, though, man. I sent him Penis Tsunami. He liked that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron was like, you gotta send that way. Penis Tsunami. <laughs> Penis Tsunami. Yeah. I can't get over that name. I love it. You should listen to it. It's uh he he's not doing it on Spotify. He's he he uh like you have to be played a million times to get point six of a penny mm-hmm. on Spotify. Yeah. They they don't and, make it uh, easy. Yeah. And so I think he's only doing it through his website and maybe iTunes, but you should at least listen to it. It's a it's a beautiful song. It starts. In, you should play it sometime. It's a, it's like one of his comedy routines. He hadn't he sold all of his guitars and stuff. And I met him met back up with him like several years later, and he had a ukulele and he's doing penis tsunami up on stage oh like at God. the comedy club. And I was like, here, take my acoustic, make some music, man. Let's make. And I was like, you should. I've really been getting into. Uh, Lou Reed's Transformer and just the simplicity of this and uh, and just bright. We've been trying to make things too complicated. Let's just and that's kind of how Dangerous Idiots came about. And uh, I, I have Crohn's disease. I was about to have surgery for intestinal blockage, mm. 
the day after our, like we booked the studio at Jason Tedford's Wolfman studio when mm-hmm. it was above Juanita's one of the last things recorded there. And I literally was thinking I may not live. I could get, I mean, and what sucks is to be told you have Crohn's disease. And then the doctor as a nurse and the doctor go, don't work around sick people sleep 11 hours a night. Oh my God. And, uh, don't work a stressful job. I was like, you just, if yeah. you look up nursing in the yeah, dictionary, that's all, the three yeah, things you can't opposites. add wiping someone's butt yep. and being cussed at and punched at. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you got nursing, Jeez. but, yeah. uh, respect all the nurses out there. And then I'm going to soapbox for a second. I got approved a medical marijuana card and that the nursing board won't let you smoke pot even with a prescription. Damn. So I can, I can take care of patients that are sick and high mm-hmm. feeling better mm-hmm. because of it and possibly even curing their cancer Yeah, and uh, not to mention pain, nausea, everything else, but I can't be a nurse, but you can drink. Oh yeah. You can yeah. drink. You can drink. It's all good. Which is one of the number one yeah, besides oh, being over uh, overweight and obesity in Arkansas. Yeah. Think about what alcohol does. to everybody. We're good at that here. <laughs> We're good at the alcohol. Do you find that's worse for your Crohn's as well? Well, I, I, I knew I, I knew something was wrong when I was I was about six, and they took me to the hospital, and 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 I'm sure it was this Crohn's thing that wasn't even invented yet, mm. or you know the name of it, mm-hmm. and they did all these tests, and my and the, the doctor took my dad outside the room where I could hear him, and said, I think your son just wants attention, sir, <laughs> and I was like, I'm an only child, Shit. I get too much attention, I want to <laughs> lock on the door, and mm-hmm. we just got that uh, cable where you could push the buttons and if i push both sides of the playboy thing and do the little knob right i need more privacy i've got plenty of attention <laughs> it also made me not want to be a doctor i was like the nurses were real nice to me and uh going back to why i'm a nurse i also liked i wanted to know more about the body and the system of the body to write about it mm-hmm. in my in, in like in poetry in a poetic way and i and i didn't the thing closest to what I like is uh, Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. He wrote Fight Club, mm-hmm. and he he gets really uh, graphic with some stuff. He and does do that. Yes. He's um, one of my favorites, for sure. I've, I've read most of this, his stuff up until the last couple of years. But gosh, I've gone all over the place with this. There's so many things I wanted to say. Hey, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Yeah. As long as you can fit it in two hours, that's what we're here Forgive for. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a confessional. I'm just, I'm just wondering what's going to be on the highlight reel. Oh, we'll have to see. That's a good question. Watch this. We'll the put the most stuff. incriminating. Yep. This will yeah. be weird for just a second. <laughs> yeah. This will be like the most incriminating things usually go on the highlight reel. Yeah, the the, the real eye catching. <laughs> <laughs> but I was uh, I uh, I didn't. I was really pissed off at doctors from that point on. Mm-hmm. Sure, understandable. Yeah, I think I, I would so. be too. I was like, the situation. nurses are doing everything and they're nice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and back to Crohn's disease. Um, I was. When I would drink alcohol, I would literally shit blood. Right. Damn. That's what I've heard that it just and makes I could, it way I, worse. I could hold I could hold a lot of liquor, but um, I would get sick not from not from being not like from, drinking not from the alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But every time I drank, I could drink more than everybody else. But I literally got sick to my stomach. Um, it felt kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I did not mean to do that. <laughs> it was it was like a perfect uh, segue. You need like what well, bells and whistles sounds to push like man like there's been like five guests who've told us we need a sound effect board, rim shots Randy. yeah right. yeah maybe you shouldn't because of that I, I'm telling every cliche. time I'll, I'm just say like I I'll do it myself so like do it with your if mouth if I feel that's what she said see bottom 
I, I, that's one of the I think I would love doing that like a Foley artist <sighs> not like a not like a nurse starting yeah. a Foley catheter but Foley's the, so cool this doing the recordings and voices like I've always just mm-hmm. really loved uh cartoon characters and stuff like that mm-hmm. even when i was a kid and i had a cassette player i would record music and i would record myself <clears> reading <throat> comics and stuff so i guess i was practicing being a dj from there like you go six. yeah hell yeah you're like what's going on here yo <laughs> i was searching with my exposing modulator <laughs> oh my god <laughs> It's a whole uh, cartoon. You know, and my hero here. was the dude on Police Academy that could do all the voice. Oh, uh, what was his name? Um, I remember one of the guys' name was Mayo, but there was he would do the... He did a really cool thing of a Led Zeppelin song with the mic on some talk show recently. Is it Winslow? Winslow, Michael Arizona? Winslow. Michael Winslow, yeah, that's him. Michael Winslow. Man. Man, yeah, that dude can make some noises now. <laughs> Talk about somebody to hang out and get high with. Oh man, I'm sure that would be. You know, if you oh like had, God. you often hear like, who would sit at the table with you? What would be your dream? People mm-hmm. dead or alive? Mm-hmm. Winslow is going to be there with me. Michael Winslow. I've yeah. never seen with Police Salvador Academy. Dali and uh, Gene Wilder. Salvador Dali, I feel like would be a tough one. Like, I think just Vincent Price would be there. Yeah, that'd be a good one. He'd have to dress like Doctor Fibes though. Have you ever seen Dr. Fives? I don't know Dr. Fives. Dr. Fives. Since it's Halloween season, you must look up Dr. Fives 1 and 2. Both are just brilliant what movies. The fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. It's sick fuck. <laughs> what the hell? That's terrifying. He has a quarter-inch cable jack like a guitar cord oh, into shit, his neck. Oh, shit, he does. Because wow. his face was messed up so bad. That's a fake face on him. Huh? And if you go go to the, oh. the top left, this one, one of... Yeah, at the top, and you see that green-headed thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. that That's really what his face looks like. Oh, my oh, God. Okay. Love he's means... Like a, he's like a Frankenstein, kind of, or Frankenstein's monster kind of Love deal. means never having to say you're ugly is kind of the catchphrase for Aww, the first one. Isn't that sweet? Interesting. And he goes through and he murders these people he thinks is uh, is uh, responsible for his girlfriend's death. <laughs> and his, and his uh, Revenge is the best medicine. What year is this? That's probably got to be uh, 69 see. to 72. 70, 71. 71. 71. Yeah. So if we did top favorite movies, it would be Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles, Dr. Fibes, Apocalypse Now, and Clockwork Orange. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's kind of what the radio... That's kind of the that's kind of the vibe I'm trying to go with the radio show. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got you. I got I you. I can see that. <laughs> I can see a little bit of that. I have no idea what I'm talking about now. <laughs> no, it makes, that makes sense. I like the Frogman here. That's, uh, yeah, he puts on masks that continue to get, keep getting tight at yeah. this uh, masquerade ball, mm. and it squishes like, Froggy <laughs> Man's head. Uh, speaking of movies, we were talking about earlier before we started the podcast, you had some opinions on the new Joker film. You said you saw it twice. Let's hear those opinions. I hardly even go to the movies. I don't have a lot of time, and I don't like spending <clears> money, <throat> mm-hmm. and don't have a lot of it, but the Joker movie, I really like it. Uh, back to River Phoenix uh, River Phoenix brother is mm-hmm. Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was when I went to Sundance Film Festival in the movie I was in called The Delta, mm-hmm. um, the producer for my movie also produced this movie called Arresting Gina, and that had Summer Phoenix in it. So I met Summer Phoenix, and Summer Phoenix and uh, Michael Stipe from REM came to see the mo- my movie. They like came in late, Damn. and I was like, "Who is coming in?" 
Michael Stipe. Yeah. <laughs> let <laughs> him have a seat. Oh, yeah. yeah, let it, let him um, come in late. That's fine. So, um, I, when I was asked, I, I went to Memphis and and stopped by this club and was asked to be in a movie kind of randomly, and I thought it was just some freak, and uh, come to find out he had done script supervision for Martin Scorsese and had done a a, a, a short film, and then. The, the producer and he had people down from New York the guy who did our photography on the Delta he did the Ramones Christmas video mm. where the 80s couple is like arguing and stuff and it's like Merry Christmas I don't want to fight no more <laughs> wow <laughs> he was the like vi- whatever you call it the camera operator mm-hmm. I should know all this stuff cameraman he was the ACDC or something OCDC no OCD yeah don't make me laugh oh uh, director of photography yeah, D O P. Yeah, that's dope. That's for my film and literature class. <laughs> you School know, is wearing college. Off on uh, you. College man here. Big old brain over yeah. there. So let me look at big old brain. <laughs> so let's go. That so that was uh, Summer Phoenix. River Phoenix d- did my own private Idaho, and in this movie that I was in, dealt with me having a girlfriend, but meeting a half black, half Vietnamese gay guy in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to be bisexual mm-hmm. in the movie. My dad said, that's good acting if it was acting. Ooh. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> I'm making my dad out to be like <laughs> Sergeant. Uh, Classic on, on Arkansas. Full metal jacket yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you're um, going to the military. <laughs> you got to be straight in the military. <laughs> and if you're not, I can't respect you as my son. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> Joker. How was Joker? <laughs> so Joker. Um, anyway, so I'd seen my own private Idaho. Mm-hmm. I saw River Phoenix do sort of a gay theme, and he was okay with it acting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I later found out all of Hollywood is corrupt, and they just sleep together with men and women and animals and <laughs> snort coke certainly. off fucking, of each other's fucking yeah. grease, man. Yeah, that's it's just the, that's all they do. That's their life. Yeah. In a nutshell. Hell yeah. And footballs really are gladiators now. Ooh. It's what about like UFC? I like UFC. That's like our but gladiators now. Football would be better if like the the leading quarterback that lost got sacrificed at the end, like <laughs> oh, in the old Mayan days. Okay. Or you know, gladiators where you know the audience would be mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if somebody like dropped I a game winning catch. And what is it with the Arkansas Razorbacks being Fucking hogs? Awful. Not just that. <laughs> just there, it's hog ball, and we've got all of these overweight people in Arkansas and they've got a bunch of women that has the word hog on their back <laughs> and they're and they're proud to wear it when they go on vacation. Yeah. Well, we have fucking stores here. People buy like wedding dresses at the dress barn. And nobody... The barn. <laughs> nobody goes to Fayetteville. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're, you're, you're rooting for 20, 19 to 22-year-old kids and we're cannibals. We're playing with a pig ball. Mm-hmm. We're playing with our own skin. Well, you know where they got Eaten. their name, though, right? I know. Originally, it was the Cardinals. What? Well, I know it's the Razorback of a of a pig. The the with the has that looks like razors on their back. Yeah. Hmm. Well, originally, they locked the, the Peaky the, Blinders, right? <laughs> it was the Arkansas Cardinals. Really? Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> they went and played. It was in the. I, uh, I may be making this up. I want to say the 60s. I know the, the baseball the, team here was the Cardinals. Like the at the Ray Wonder Field, weren't they Cardinals? Um, I'm not sure about that. But so they went and played somewhere uh, that season, and the coach at the time uh, had an interview afterwards, uh, and he said that the players 
uh, played like a bunch of Razorbacks, mm-hmm. a bunch of Hogs, because they were just wild. Just Rooting around? Yeah, so then they changed the team It's kind of like a Led Zeppelin okay. story. Yeah, All right. basically, okay. they changed it from the Cardinals to the Razorbacks, yeah. And then all I don't, of I don't know. I, I don't hate all sports. I just don't see the people that are just make that their their main persona. Yeah. The whole thing that goes with it. I mean, I grew my grandfather was telling me about he was friends with Ben Pearson, the archer, and he liked photography and he liked hunting. And my dad was a hunter and nobody in our uh, hunting club uh, drank alcohol and then like the stereotypical redneck is out shooting up you know like elmer fudd <laughs> but you know here they are teaching me kind of like the native american ways like we only we use all of what we kill <laughs> mm-hmm. you have to respect it and you don't just kill anything and population control of culling the herd and, and like whatever ra- rationalization i like that kind of like red dawn where they put the blood and necks over your head <laughs> and you drink it and bite the heart it was, i was basically raised to be the terminator's son to <laughs> to be uh i was like an eagle scout at 15 i keep keeps coming back to my dad doesn't it yeah mm-hmm. right can you hear my thoughts it's a therapy <laughs> session <laughs> Same old devil's therapy. What's what's even funnier on another tangent? My dad's name's Kermit. Mm-hmm. Okay. My mom is Linda Gray. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, other grandfather, was Jimmy Stewart. Oh wow! So I've got Kermit the Frog, Linda Gray, who was in Dallas, and I think Buck Rogers, um, a famous actress, and then uh, my name. I think there's a Western novelist called Zane Gray. That was like Louis L'Amour sort of writer. So I was supposed to be like this poet cowboy, I think. Oh. Let's name him Shane Gray. There you put go. a Y in it. Yeah. But I Fancy. finally, about 26, I was high and I figured out why they put a Y in Shane. <laughs> why? So they could rearrange the letters to spell hyenas. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Are you> sure. <laughs> and then for a while, I started calling people by their name backwards. Mm-hmm. Like S H A Y N E G R A Y. Is Jorgen, yes. Okay. <laughs> Mia took zog zog That's a lot of work when you meet someone to, uh, to translate that, quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Jennifer Backwards is my favorite. Refinage. Refinage. Come here, Refinage. <laughs> I guess mine would be uh, Z-Lef. I've, that's Ooh. my favorite rapper of Z Left. <laughs> you ever heard of Z Left? <laughs> <laughs> he did a, he did some stuff with Easy E. Z Left. No, Easy E isn't alive, is he? Oh, he's not. Rest in peace, Easy E. R.I.P. Sitting at the table with my Commodore sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rest in peace, the Joker. Yeah, the Joker. Um, so River Phoenix influenced me to go ahead and go out on the limb. Go on more than a limb. Mm-hmm. Um, you should look up the Delta Iris Sachs, I-R-A-S-A-C-H. I-R-A. I think they have the entire thing on YouTube now. Really? But it's subtitled in like Vietnamese or something. It's actually played all over the world. And you were the, telling me about it earlier, and, and I'm the, pretty interested. Okay. It played the Sundance Film Festival in 97, and uh, the, the director went on to do several other... That's this the guy? director, Iris Sachs, okay. a very awesome, sweet man. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Sundance Film Festival. Iris' dad, Iris Sachs Jr., had a uh, condo in Park City, Utah, and there was a blizzard that night. And this was this guy was way out there. He had two chicks in bathing suits and high heels that came in and got in the front hot tub with him. Mm-hmm. There were drugs and alcohol. There was a penis sculpture that water came out of all the peni. <laughs> Nice. Peni is a Love plural that. for penis. Okay. Thank uh, you. Yeah. 
you, you learn these things in the gay films. <laughs> <laughs> Did it and, say it like in the script? Like, but you, okay, so the doors are adjacent, like it's a condo, and here's the door to go in here, and here's the other door. Cheech Marin's door from Cheech and Chong mm-hmm. lived next door to this dude. Okay, wow. I was so I was hanging out with Summer Phoenix, Cheech Marin, in Park City, Utah. Uh, the the party was just crazy and they took they had so much alcohol the the i mean it was like three feet of snow kind of crazy mm-hmm. and out on the deck there was another uh hot tub and almost like it was this weird refrigerator they had all the beers <laughs> like the old timey uh when you open up and take the the bottle out mm-hmm. yeah, they had yeah. all the bottles shoved in the snow <laughs> and that was like Speaking of Rome, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get involved with that? How did how did that land in your lap? Um, the I, movie. I just got out of uh, the band Techno Squid. The guys were like, "Screw you! We're going to f- uh, we're going to move to Boston and go on without you." Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like some bitterness for a while, but we love each other still. Um, so I stayed in Little Rock, and I started. Uh, I was dating this hairdresser. And I bleached my hair blonde. Yo, nice. And I was showing my grandmother. I was like, check out my hair. She's like, you look so cute. I was like, she's going to think that I'm ravishing because this is awesome. (laughs) I look like Slim Shaney (laughs) before Slim Shaney. And she's like, you know what? You look really cute like Steve Martin. (laughs) Steve Martin? (laughs) Not exactly the sex symbol I was thinking of. But a but if I could just, if I could be near as halfway funny, that would be great. <laughs> um, so this friend of mine, girlfriend, she had a friend who was obsessed over the singer for Ho Hum. And, you know, that was our rival band. And so she's like, she wants to go to Club 616 to see Ho Hum. I was like, okay, I got to go see Ho Hum, the rival band. But I'm with my girlfriend. She'll probably pay for the alcohol. And she did my hair real cool. <laughs> and her friend's driving so we can just drink as much as oh, we want the things i do for and she love. has a <laughs> she has a convertible so okay i'm in those yeah, are, that was yeah. literally my thought process mm-hmm. at age what 23 and uh we went to see ho-hum it was a great show we drank about six pitchers of beer each um on the way home i didn't realize her friend liked cocaine Uh-oh. and i didn't know what cobweb remover is which is some kind of stuff you spray in a rag and huff it because it helps while you're on cocaine feels gooder. Gooder. <laughs> More gooder. <laughs> this is a person driving. Oh, my God. And At least they weren't drinking, you know. She was drinking. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you can drink all you want when you're doing coke. And though, she, so smuggled, <laughs> she smuggled a lot of the alcohol in in her belly before the show. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> she was secretive that way. <laughs> um, Tricky. Nice. So... I mean, it's like driving <coughs> along with, uh, you know, we're in bat country <laughs> kind of thing. Sure. And we're in Memphis. And uh, so the coked up friend of the girlfriend, she's like, we got to stop at this club because I got to pee. And they got some cobweb remover. And I'm thinking, why would you need cobweb right now? <laughs> right now? We're in a convertible. Your car seems pretty Do you live clean. in a haunted house? <laughs> Have you seen a grown man naked? That's for some reason sounds like airplane. I didn't like even know cobweb remover was like a thing. I don't know if that's what they called it or if that's what it was. And you sniffed it. it was just like Is it just like compressed air? Gas like... huffing sort of thing. Huh. No, it's it was... got to be something if it's getting you high. Right. More than compressed air. I'm yeah. sure that's just a name for it. Yeah. I'm thinking Ethel, but that might have been my grandmother's friend. <laughs> it could have been <laughs> yeah, Happy Esther. Sounds... That sounds more like um, So it. I go to this club, 
It's called JWAGS. Little did I know it's the it's the premier gay club of uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. I walk in and there's a lit up dance floor, literally like Denny Terrio's. Uh, uh, oh my God, I'm older than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be this light up floor and they had a dance contest right around the disco era and Denny Terrio was the, and they would have couples dance. Mm. So it was like the 70s disco dance light two guys with cowboy hats kissing and it was like more than urban cowboy yeah this is like YMCA it was like suburb it was like subterranean yeah. cowboy and uh, <laughs> so i was like whatever i just gotta really pee because six bitches of beer will fill your bladder of course up, you sure. know, at least 600 milliliters so i go back to the back and the men's and women's bathroom the doors knocked out but the walls knocked out between the two it's all the same thing mm. and the urinals have this one-way looking mirror and i'm like are people watching is the other yes. part of the bar going oh look at that yes oh, yeah take a shot he's got foreskin <laughs> you know I, so i was just like who cares and i peed and i walked out and the, to give you an idea of this club the lady at the door that checks your id she was drunk. Of course. Okay. <laughs> She's the one sorting out the, the <laughs> sorting sure. out the trash. Wait the, a second. <laughs> from the uh, from your more social like gay people, I guess. And Keeping she said, you under the fire code. So she comes out and she <coughs> says, uh, <laughs> "Fire code. That's a <laughs> You're on fire." <laughs> Uh, she's like, "There's a guy in here from New York, and he wants you to be in his movie." Oh. Yeah, good. Cool. I was like, do I dress up like a bunny and masturbate? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fishy to me. How much are they paying for that? <laughs> I didn't even think about the money. I mean, I turned down, you know, going on tour with Depeche Mode. That's, so yeah, that's true. I did. had my laurels. laurels. Is it laurels? Morals, laurels. Morals and Hardy. Morals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had something. It was all just a false sense of ego and pride, I guess. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. And I just ignored her. But the coked up chick, she was interested in being in a movie. So she gave him my number, the girlfriend I was staying with number. And uh, they were calling me the next day. And I was like, God, these people are dragging me down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I must be a hot looking gay. <laughs> must be a hot ticket. <laughs> they um, saw your dick. <laughs> yeah, the mirror. The mirror. It really... was all part of the cou- yeah. couch casting. So really, that casting. mirror. Yeah, yeah that mirror. mirror. You can thank that mirror. Mirror in the bathroom. <laughs> so. Uh, the guy called me on the phone. I was like, uh, I had some friends at Discovery, and I was like, we could meet at a gay bar, and I got some people that maybe beat him up if he tries to do roadside surgery on me or whatever mm-hmm, they're thinking mm-hmm. about doing. And uh, he sent me the script. Um, somehow I got a hold of the script and read it. I don't remember how I got a hold of that because it was, I don't remember. And, you know, I'd seen it my own private Idaho, and I'm like, okay, it deals with some gay theme. But it seems like a pretty cool script. And uh, he had worked with Martin Scorsese, so that was like, say no more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's a big selling point right sure. there. And the producer also had some other stuff, you know, with Summer Phoenix and drop, you know, name drop some stuff. And the people from New York were, apparently they had some punk kid that was going to do it and he backed out. And they were all set up, ready to go. And they were out searching hard. Searching diligently, I guess I should say. <laughs> um, <laughs> or in this for, case, that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, and it just, it were, I mean, the movie would have been a lot different if it would have been a like a 17-year-old punk kid, because I was about 25 or 6 at the time. Mm. Um, did you, you might see a... It's called The Delta. The Delta? Okay, yeah, let me see here. I'm, I'm in like, 
I was on the I was on these subway sized posters in England. It was shown in Vietnam. It was shown all over the mm-hmm. world. It be it was considered the first. Oh shit! There you go. The first uh, album. Album. I'm going back to music. It was the. It, it was considered like the the first gay film. I like how they describe you. A genteel Jew. A gentle Jew. <laughs> An immigrant Vietnamese living in a southern town, trying to cope with their homosexuality. Man, I had a girlfriend. I wasn't homosexual. <laughs> well, that's not what just, the internet says. Are you a genteel Jew? <laughs> There, there's like a there's a trailer on there somewhere. Oh, like, shit. Is this uh is this you in the the poster right there? Yeah, that's the main. Oh shit! Cover. Okay. And Let me see if I can find a. There we go. Yeah, that's that right there. I don't know if we'll be able to hear it too well, but but you can just like yeah, get a little idea. Well, the first scene is I meet the guy in Overton if Park and he gives me a a simulated oh, blowjob. Oh shit! And uh, this scene the. It, it cuts to another scene where I uh, am simulating masturbating in my parents' bathroom. Okay. <laughs> so I guess this is in German. It's in German, it looks yes. like, yeah. But I, th- that's me. Oh. Fresh face. I thought I was fat then. <laughs> <laughs> Said you were 25 or 26 here? Yeah, I think 25 or 6. I also meet another dude in the hotel. That's another story. <laughs> wants me to make some muscles for him and stuff. Yeah. Keep the lights on. I, I did get Ashtray Babyhead in this on the soundtrack, <laughs> though. Fucking nice. <laughs> That's like the least I could do if I couldn't get you to Warner Brothers. <laughs> and uh, we got to hang out at uh, Barristers, and uh, I, I got to really know the guys in this band called the Grifters and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. You know, and I got a bunch of... I, I had just gotten into nursing school, and I couldn't leave to move to L.A. after that. Mm. And I had New Line Cinema and an uh, entertainment... Um, like, man, like they would manager be a manager of your acting or whatever yeah. agent. Yeah, agent. Yeah, okay. Called Bohemian Entertainment, and I flew out to L.A. I flew out to L.A. and met the guys from New Line Cinema, and they're like... There's this actor that you kind of remind us of. Is kind of uh, his name's Toby McGuire. Toby and, McGuire. Uh, we want you to try out for a couple of things. And I tried out for a Thin Red Line. I know what you did last summer. Um, that thing you do, I think, was the uh, where uh, Tom Hanks was the guy, and there was a drummer. They were called the Wonders, but they everybody thought they were the One Eaters because <laughs> it was spelled One Eaters. <laughs> um, but I did, I basically and and I got a bunch of people like. They wanted me to try out for Matthew Shepard movie, the kid that got put on the split rail fence and beat up for being gay. Oh my god! For an MTV movie, and they told me I was too muscular for that one. Wow! And uh, uh, I ended up just. Did you tell him? Yeah, I am. I was, You're fucking right. You saw me. You saw me flex <laughs> in the Delta. I was so pissed off because some dude I barely knew got the part um, in a thin red line, and his name was uh, Tim. Is it Ed, Ed Norton? Mm. Oh, Ed mm. He got my part. Yeah. Oh yeah, that old you know Ed Norton. You know he, nothing he was, big. He, was, he, had, he had a show called Primal Fear or something mm. that he was in, and I was like, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> this little known name, Ed Norton. <laughs> but then he his scene got cut. It was uh, the, it was a great part. I would have loved to have been in Thin Red Line. Was a Vietnam Vietnam story. Really, sort of a liberal view of mm-hmm. it. And uh, the the first scene that I would have had, I was out taking a crap. 
in the jungle, you know, with my bayonet and, mm-hmm. and rifle. And the, the we're starting to get attacked at night. And so I, I like shoot one of the guys and pull up my pants and, and like alert everybody and kind of save the platoon. And then the next scene, I jump on a grenade and blow myself Damn. up and die in Sean Penn's arms. And just think of what would my life be differently between now and <laughs> you could that. have been laying in Sean sure. Penn's arms. Yeah. You could have been mm. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, you could have been Spider-Man, <laughs> Mr. Tobey Maguire. I've worked around a lot of radiation, and that's how, so in most comic books, that's how you become a superhuman. And that's I've been true. around could have been the Hulk. Floro, so. Yeah. Could have been the bulk. Could have, the bulk. <laughs> could have turned into More like the chunk here. now. <laughs> but, uh, so that, but that part, the whole part got cut. Damn. You didn't get my part. <laughs> Screw you, Ed Joke. Norton. Yeah, yeah, Ed yeah. Norton. Suck what do you in. know, Ed Norton? <laughs> Shit. Why don't you go make a Hulk movie that's not good? Ooh, shots fired. Man, but Ed you cannot Norton. deny the brilliance of Fight Club. No, yeah. that movie is amazing. Yeah. I would hang out with Ed Norton. Absolutely. There was there was a lot that that movie had going for it, that whole picture in general. Man. Between the, the cast. actors, yeah, the cast, Ugh. the... The, the the novel, uh, all the writers did a fantastic job converting it to the film. See, I never read the, the book. It's one so. of the only films that you really have to go back more than once to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The cinematography like, is also great. The direction is great. Every every movie, movie is beautiful. Is very fantastic. Which reminds me of Joker. There we go. So yeah. a lot of people say it it's, uh, glorifies violence and the white male, and everybody's going to go out and make a bunch of school shootings yeah. because of it. See, but, I feel the opposite. But wh- what did they say when Taxi Driver came out? See, I just watched that movie like last night because I wanted my dad to. Let, one of the cool things yeah. about my dad is he let me watch any movie. He's like, if you're going to, you need to know what the real mm-hmm. world is. You can watch it with me. I watch Clockwork Orange, Apocalypse Now with my dad, mm-hmm. anything, just about anything. See, yeah, and, uh, I, had, I had always heard like whenever Joker first came out, they compared it to Taxi Driver so well, Taxi much. Driver and The King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. And they're acting like it's a ripoff, but. It's. Uh, it, I think the director is just trying to catch that essence of like late seventies, mid eighties mm-hmm. film, mm-hmm. and and there's not a lot of a super lot of action in it. It's yeah. real cerebral. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah, some. I mean, and I hope you. I bet he wins an award for that because I hope nobody so. nobody dances strangely <laughs> in their tidy whities yeah. anymore like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yeah, and whenever then, I was going to see that movie, I had such low expectations for it. I was like, man, you know, I'm not a big superhero movie kind of guy, so I was like, eh, whatever. What's you know? interesting is uh, the the parallel that they make about uh, I- anybody that's been fans of Batman for all these years, fighting crime, mm-hmm. doing good for, you know, doing justice, and come to find out that his father was probably sort of a corrupt politician. Mm-hmm. Yep. And could have had to do with uh, the demise of his parents, possibly. I yeah. don't want to give away anything. Well, uh, I mean, there's a there's and then, a, and then there's this other scene. The other part is, was his mom making that up, and she was really crazy, and he was adopted. That's or, what I'm thinking. But people can really have a lot of money and make pay to make you quiet. And she said she was paid money to not say anything. That's true. And he would more likely have a mental illness being born of somebody with a mental illness. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of different directions you can go. Yeah. But there's other stories uh, in the Batman universe where uh, they do uh, portray Bruce Wayne's father 
uh, as a bit corrupt mm-hmm. um, and not, yeah. you know, and I think that I think they do that to try to help round out the Batman character yeah. with him being so lawfully good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and any hero villain story is just like the Dark Knight. If you if you're the hero long enough, you end up being the villain or mm-hmm. something like yeah, that. Sure. And I think the whole Star Wars universe is like that. Yeah. Uh, because it's always good balancing out evil and evil balance. Like it's mm-hmm. always a balance. Yeah, definitely. Always a yin and a yang, like mm-hmm. we said before. Definitely. Uh, speaking of yang. Go back to the movie. Oh yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How, Let's see what else did I want to say to you guys tonight? Um, I don't know. Is it tonight? About... <laughs> tonight? Tonight? Last night? Yesterday night? Whatever day that today is. The velvet curtains really do it for me. Oh yeah. You feel like you're in like a casting couch kind of deal? No. It uh, it just seems more royal. Yeah. Oh. Well, it, it these tan walls are actually very terrible. Yeah. And they just help. Just just a my lot. just the peripheral vision of Prince and a thong over there is That's the distracting. Best, right? God. I want more uh naked dudes in this room. I feel like that that'll really round it out. <laughs> well, we're all really naked <laughs> That's true too. This, Quote unquote Randy Harlan twenty nineteen. Uh, I want more naked dudes in this room. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Maxine's. They have that yeah. that curtain like that. Yeah. One they, of the one of the coolest things setup. I did uh with the movie, I got to go a couple places even though I was in nursing school. It uh it had some premieres in different places other than Sundance. And my friend Clay Bell, that was in Techno Squid Eats Parliament, he was living in San Francisco with his girlfriend. And they, the Castro is an area of San Francisco, if the listening, watching audience doesn't know, uh, that's predominantly gay. And they have, they're like probably the, there's the Harvey Milk uh, bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm sure they have the best and biggest uh, gay pride parades and stuff there. But here, here uh, it was Halloween, and my movie was opening at the Castro, and it's like the, I think it's 1920s. Uh, really, it kind of reminded me of the the organ background stuff in Doctor Fibes. Um, it literally had a guy the the organ player would come up, you know, it would raise, and he would, they would I guess silent movies were they played I guess organ during the movie. I'm hitting this, <laughs> and. Uh, um, I'm used to things in my face like this too. So it's weird. <laughs> Big and black. Hello. So, uh, so uh, the the singer for tech, the singer guitar player for Techno Squeeze Parliament. I go to visit him. It's Halloween. I'm like, let's go see the movie. Let's go to, on the Castro. I mean, if it's already a, a gay friendly place then you know halloween's gonna be off the chain of course yeah um so i dressed up like a priest clay dressed like a catholic schoolgirl, <laughs> and his girlfriend dressed up like an angel and we had the best time ever i mean and there's just like thousands and thousands of people i mean people on stilts it was like new orleans it was like marty it was like a gay mardi gras halloween i mean and uh and one of the cops, I remember eating pizza, a slice of pizza at one of the places or something, and, and one of the cops said something, I was talking to him, and he was like, oh, you're in that film? I've been meaning to go see it. And mm-hmm. the cop, the the redneck-looking cop was gay. 
Was it a real cop? Yeah, it was. Or was it, 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 was, it was a Halloween costume? Was it a San Francisco cop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it a YMCA cop or is it like a cop? He, was, he told me he lived down in the village with his people. Yeah, okay, yeah. got you, uh-huh. got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not a nightstick. <laughs> it's a nightstick. Bend over. Can I call you Ben? Oh, my. Ben River. I am pretty interested, though, uh, in that movie. It seems, uh, especially... I would think it during the time that it would have come out, I could see it not being like it definitely shocking people. Mm-hmm. I can't even get my thoughts in order to even say what I'm trying to say, uh, like really shocking to people. But it would seem like today that would be super relevant. Uh, well, well, we went back to Memphis for the whatever anniversary of it, and it was given an award for something like first major gay film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or out uh, that. I wouldn't say outbreak. It sounds like a gay zombie. <laughs> this apocalypse. movie spread like AIDS. Stop it, girl! Come here, <laughs> girl. <laughs> I'm vegetarian, so I'm gonna eat your grains. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the dad jokes slip out after four oh. kids. Hey, that's all right. Oh, you gotta respect Jesus. the dad jokes, man. Sometimes they're very. Uh... It's like the purest form of comedy. <laughs> it is. You don't think so, Randy? Because it's dark. It's based on is it dark, deprivated <laughs> resentment. Yeah, yeah. They come from a dark place. I feel like right. Yeah. They come from a dark place, but you gotta love them. And you know I, what I'm saying? I had my kids. Uh, the two, two of my, I have two boys and two girls, and my my boys are seven and nine, and the girls thirteen and sixteen. Mm. And I had uh, Asher and uh, Spencer on the show. I ended up where I had to bring them to the show and. Uh, and I was like, well, let's just go with it. I'm going to, like, interview him and talk to him. So they've, they've been up there a couple of times nice. when uh, my visitation was needed or, or I needed to watch him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to, like, interview your own son. Sure. And, and like, you find out stuff about people interviewing them yeah. that you wouldn't sit down and talk to, you know, while you're watching uh, uh, Surf's Up or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> For the 20th time. Did you make any discoveries? He he told me he wanted to be a graphic uh, artist, oh, shit. and cool. he was into video games. And he one of the artist people that worked with some video game that he saw on YouTube was his inspiration. I was like, "That's cool, shit." My other kid was like, "I want to be a cop," mm-hmm. and he was like, mm-hmm. "Nothing else." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you got the personality for it <laughs> already. Working all right, working kid. Right <laughs> Good cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had my girls up there yet, but it's kind of hard. It's like nine to 11 yeah but uh i do as a nurse i do three 12 hour shifts and most of my shifts are like 8 30 to 9 at night mm-hmm. but on the days if i have to work the day of the show i'll try to do like 6 30 in the morning and get off at 7 mm-hmm. so i've usually have done two or three 12 hour shifts and then gotten up super early the next day worked all day usually had a couple hour visit with my kids and then i'm doing the show and people are like and the show's on a little late. I don't know if I can... I'm like, dude, yeah. I've just worked 50 hours and I'm doing this for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can listen to a song. Mm-hmm. So how did you fall into that gig? Um, I was hanging out with the guys from Casual Pleasure. Uh, the guy, he calls himself on the radio, um, Bert Lager. <laughs> <laughs> there was Bert and Lou Lager and Lou moved away, but they had... He, got, he landed a show called uh, Phonomania. His show is... Wednesday seven to nine he plays a little more psychedelic a little more like aerial pink and mm. and uh and like 
obscure Spanish 1960s psychedelic bands. But he also plays a lot of similar stuff as as I do, and he didn't like playing. He didn't didn't really like playing local music. And uh, Aaron, that I hung, you know, was in Techno Squid with. He had Suge Radio for a while, and uh, he did really well in promoting stuff. So I knew Aaron. The, I mean, our band was interviewed on KBF back in like '92, back when they actually had albums, and. Uh, um, Lou Logger moved away and uh, I was like hey he was like you want to be my sidekick for a while I was like that'd be great he's like you pick out half the songs I'll pick out half we'll talk about stuff in between and just have a show and I was like that's cool so we would just get blitz and just go do the show and hang out and it was a lot of fun because I like I could sit around and talk about music all day sure <laughs> sober or not yeah and that's all you did and then you know just to I like introducing people to stuff they may have not I mean, I've got some listeners. One one person has heard every single show, and she'll hear a song, and she'll go buy it off of iTunes. Wow, nice. And she met Illusionaut and became a fan of them, and she's a brilliant artist in her own right. She's mm-hmm. also an artist. We call her the Night Owl. <laughs> <laughs> she calls herself the Night Owl. And, uh, you know, I have, like, this... this some t- Well, I think I saw... Uh, Ryan, Brian Crook. <laughs> I think I saw Ryan, Ryan on here doing the the live FaceTime thing, and you're like, "Wow, yeah. he got like 300 people looking at yes. you." And this guy's from Switzerland. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> he came, he. I interviewed him on the show both oh, yeah. about Lucky Bella and the new Illusionaut album right when it came out. Yeah, and uh, go listen on Spotify and Apple Music. Illusionaut. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I have one of their songs on my Halloween playlist for mm. this uh, Thursday. They're the I mean, best. Um, Hallucifer is sounds Halloweeny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. Mm-hmm. And I got some Sea Hag on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Good old Jeremy. White Mansion is on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I want to get those dudes in here real they're, bad. They're gonna have a. They're they so have a new album coming out. Yeah. yeah. They're, so, I, they're been killing me. They don't have anything. Uh, they don't yeah, have much it, out and about mm-hmm. that you can find. They're right real. Now. They're real nice, laid back guys. I finally met them for the first time last night, and. Uh, the music's really, really good. Uh, and what's crazy is, as post-pop keyboardy as they are, the drummer he doesn't have any extra triggers or anything. He's just like on an old school Gretsch drum set, just mm-hmm. banging away. Yeah. And uh, they they blew my mind and played Bella Lugosi's "Dead" last night. I wasn't expecting that. They're so good. And, yeah, uh, they're sick. They killed it. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to their new album. Those guys are from Fayetteville. Yeah. So I and. It's just awesome. I just, I, part of uh, one of the, the pro, one of the programs I got into with getting sober, um, when I first got into it, I was forced to go to it from the nursing board because I was on probation. But I was like, hey, don't be an asshole. Try to give more than you receive, and try to be nice to other people. Don't have resentment, and try not to cause chaos, and and try to control your response and not be in control because you're a lot of people's frustration is they expect something to be a, a certain way and you've got no control over it mm-hmm. really and it's never going to be that way so you're constantly frustrated through life so just in the last couple of years it's come almost like like i i saw your interview with the the photographer yeah um of the abandoned is it 
Rebecca? Uh, Ginger. Ginger Beck. Ginger Beck. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where I got the Beck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ginger um, Beck. Abandoned Arkansas. Yeah, um, she was, she, cool. you said, so who is Ginger? <laughs> I wanted you to ask me, and I wanted to be like, I'm still trying to find out. <laughs> Get all zen with mm-hmm. you. But, um, oh my God, what was I talking about? Think about it. Uh, the, uh, the, the radio game. Yeah, gray Matter. Yeah. yeah. You um, were co-host with How You homeboy. Fill In. Thanks. I was just checking if you were listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, this uh, uh, a guitar player, a solo band's girlfriend sent me something on Facebook. And said, "Hey, can you play my boyfriend's stuff? It's really cool." And I listened to it. It was pretty cool. And I was like, "Why don't you call the guy who really runs the show and tell you know I'm sure he'll play one of the songs." Mm-hmm. And uh, he wrote me. I don't think he meant it mean. He was just like, I'd rather somebody be matter of fact with me than beat around the bush anyway. He's like, look, I can't be pay- I can't just have musicians' girlfriends calling me up trying to play their boyfriend's music mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. If you want to do that shit, you just get your own damn show. Boom. Yeah. Fair enough. And Perfect. I, at first I was like, oh, my God. I thought we were friends. <laughs> why can't Why can't you just help promote something local, you know? But that's not what he wanted his show to be about, and you got to respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, for, then after a while, I was like, I could have my own show. Yeah. I guess you just go talk to the people he talked to. Yeah. And I kind of presented it to him. And uh, after a couple months, they were talked about different slots and granted me. They did a DNA test and a physical and you had to pass a physical fitness <laughs> test. Of course, of course. Sure. Anything and, uh, owned by the public, right? <laughs> it's, it's a real strange time at the station, though. But uh, it's been around since 84 and it's 100,000 watts which is basically about the the edge mm-hmm. about the i mean it's that's big time yeah. wattage there's only yeah. like six community radio stations in america mm-hmm. that have that much so from the center of little rock it goes out past hot springs damn um the, it goes like if you pulled a perimeter out of a circle and it touched all the edges it basically you know there's some corners at the very end in arkansas you can't hear but it's strange to be sitting there alone talking to yourself in a box, and then somebody will sh- chime in saying, "Yeah, I'm listening online from uh, New Jersey." Mm. Yeah, you know, or or uh, they'll call in and say, "I was driving back. I just got off work from logging. <laughs> I heard that that weird song. I am the fly with the cramps. That shit was cool, man." <laughs> and you're just like, "Wow, you people. There's people out there listening. It's a, a crazy media way to teach people, but uh, to teach people." To uh, teach them new music, right? yeah. not mm-hmm. teach them. Like put them on, yeah. show them, yeah. turn yeah. them on, turn them on, yeah. turn them on, and then turn them off. Mm-hmm. I, and I like to claim that it, it, escape the familiar, and you're probably not going to hear the same kind of playlist on any other radio show because mm-hmm. yeah. who else goes from uh, Long Island washboard by the something from the 20s mm-hmm. into into you know unknown pleasures or something like that from joint division yeah and somehow it works yeah but um i was awarded the show and and a friend of mine the guy lou logger that left it's not really lou but that's what he calls himself uh lou and bert logger and i was ducky logger on there for a while (laughs) (laughs) and i even have ducky logger as a facebook uh like a pseudo name it's really cool. I go like my own stuff. It's like your post is doing better than all the rest. I like me so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot that feeling. you can do some weird stuff with, and I wish people would, here's my two things. If you're going to see live music, film 
long ways because nobody wants to, nobody's TV is yep. faced up and down. Yeah. And don't film from the back when there's only two people there. <laughs> Get behind the two people and mm-hmm. take a picture yeah. so it looks like it was so crowded you had to take a picture. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And a lot of these bands, they sort of catch on to it. They're like, you know, it was a great show tonight. <laughs> you know, you were there with like two Packed people. out. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the truth, man. Yeah. It's like people want to just stay home and, and, and flip on their phone and, and watch Netflix and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's something about live music. It's like the feeling between a show and a concert. The concert I went to first was Huey Lewis and the News mm-hmm. at Robinson Auditorium. No, Barton Coliseum. And uh, that was with Robert Cray opening. And then I went to this hole-in-the-wall place, was offered acid, walked through the spaceship <laughs> system, and then people were jumping on and floating across the crowd <laughs> that with kids playing music that were younger than me. That was just like, so I, th- there's some energy there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I'm all over the place. This is something else I've, in- I've thought was interesting. The Delta is in the South. That It was basically about how it was weird for a gay guy, the director, to grow up in the South mm-hmm. as, as a gay guy. Um, and the Delta is a triangle, but it's also like the Deltas of the rivers, and they consider it delta and a lot of the music is called delta music like blues and stuff mm-hmm. well a lot of the music i was turned on to by the goth girl in high school come to find out the beatles the rolling stones and all these other bands from manchester and the sex pistols not as much as sex pistols but they dug music for my own backyard they the stuff that i love was influenced by something that most of people white people my age and younger aren't even aware exists. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Some, so, uh, and also, I really seem to like the Manchester and the from like the northern part of England, and that's more your factory workers and your poor. Whenever you have a system that's holding you back and you're poor and you're bored and you're kind of locked away, walled in in, in, in the country, um, a lot of good art comes from that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like art comes from pain, they say. Yep, yep, blue um, collar. And so I think England's sort of like the South is their North, their Cockneys, that's their hillbillies. And that's, uh, the Sex Pistols went there and played the Free Trade Union Hall in Manchester in like 77 or 8, and there were like 30 people at that show. And I think it was Buzzcocks from Manchester opened, and it was uh, Sex Pistols. The 30 people in that show, 35 of them made a band. Like people were saying they were (laughs) there that weren't even there. Yeah. There was uh, the fall with Marky Smith, simply red, the the redheaded dude that's British that sings some kind of eighties hit song that sounds not punk rock at all. Simply red. I don't know simply mm-hmm. red. Oh my god, I can't think of the name, but I'm sure you've heard the song. Um, Joy Division, which turned into New Order. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, Oasis, uh, Buzzcocks. And all that stuff. And I and I met one of the... I was at a show in Washington, D.C., and I met a band called The Cribs, which isn't... I think they were closer to Liverpool and not as much from Manchester, but they were still... We were talking about this whole scene. I hung out with them afterwards, and, and it was really cool. And uh, Johnny Marr from The Smiths ended up playing with the, that band for a while. He played <laughs> with The Cribs for a while, and they also played with uh, Modest Mouse for a little bit. Mm. But... Uh, um. 
anyway, so I've, I've had conversations with people from there, and it was kind of like to trying to draw the parallels of the South and the Delta. So along with every, every show I play on Gray Matter Radio, I try to play at least one local band, and I try to play new music if I'm able to, and then just a range of whatever I was in the mood for. Sometimes yeah. there's a th- I'm thinking of doing like a like a weather theme where everything's like bad moon rising, uh, shelter from the storm, mm. give me shelter. Uh, here comes the rain again. You know, sometimes I'll do some stupid themes. Raining blood. <laughs> <laughs> Put on some Slayer. R e i g h. And. Uh, but also, people don't, not everybody realizes uh, Al Green, Sister Rosetta Tharp, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Cash, um, Billy Lee Riley. Um, there's a lot of people from Arkansas that are well known musicians that don't really get credit for coming from Arkansas. Al Green's from Arkansas? I had yeah. no clue. There's sure. a lot. There you go. There's, so, there's so, so, on top of all that, I'll say, yeah, this is an Arkansas artist. And she basically was one of the first electric guitarist rock and roll influences. Yeah, uh, and she's a lesbian black lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, she. uh, Yeah, she should get credit for rock and roll in general. Um, So I think it's interesting to. And every time I do a show, I'll set up the playlist and I'll be listening to songs and whatever I like, I'll add to my playlist, and then kind of like filter through it and stuff, and then I'll type it all out. And then if I have time uh, and some downtime or whatever, I'll go on the internet and I'll Google the song and the name of the artist, and I find out where they're from, the year it was recorded, maybe. And you, you that is just like a study in music itself. I mean, yeah. To realize that The Idiot by Iggy Pop was the album that was playing when Ian Curtis hung himself from Joy Division. Oh, shit, I didn't realize that. That David Bowie produced that. David Bowie also produced uh, with uh, Lou Reed Transformer. And then you start drawing all these parallels and, and like similarities, and you just learn the, like they say, uh, to really learn something, you teach something, and uh, because you study it more, so you could tell somebody about it. It's real so, funny you say that because, uh, I mean, I'm sure you saw my vinyl shelf out here. Uh, I got, I have a, uh, an Instagram just for my vinyl. And that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll play, you know, I'll play the vinyl. I'll listen through it. I'll find, uh, you know, the song on the album I like the best. Right. Pictures of it. Put it up there. Uh, and then that's I start digging through and trying to find some, you know, stuff about the album and and all kinds of the history yeah. about it and the artist and. Actually, uh, the another the guy who was one of the I was talking about that Spectrum Arkansas showcase. Yeah. Uh, Luther Jim Dickinson. His one of his sons or two of his sons are in the Mississippi All Stars. They still play music. Really? But he produced Big Star Three. If you want to start off with a mind blowing headphones album, pick up. It's it's been called Third Sister or Sister Lovers or Third, but it's Big Star's third album, and it's produced by Jim Dickinson. And uh, the stories that I heard from the people that helped record that and from Jim Dickinson. Is, is really amazing and Jim Dickinson was born in Little Rock Arkansas um, he has uh, you, I have a, a autobiography book about him too but you should look up if you're interested in Arkansas music and uh, some weird stuff like uh, just the, all the things that he had his finger in and how what a what a just 
just he was just an odd hillbilly like free spirit sort of cat that was just kind of and he was a good musician piano player too he had music too but i um i didn't realize he was born here if you look up jim dickinson and then see what he's produced just just the albums that he's produced and to to think that that guy was born in little rock yeah started here yeah i did and i didn't realize he was friends with the i hung out with the group when i first started uh ualr it was called the coalition for peace and justice I guess it's the modern hippies, <laughs> and uh, for some reason I was kind of drawn to this group. And uh, there was Randall Lyon was a guy, and a lot of them were into Doctors for Bob and the uh, Church of the Subgenius. If you've heard of any of that, uh, that's a whole nother black hole in the internet. If you look up <laughs> Church of the Subgenius, there's some there's some Little Rock folks. Uh, a friend of mine named Sterno, who is uh, is it some kind of group? Uh... You just ha- just look it up, man. Okay, it's just hard to explain. Interesting. I've got some albums here from Jim Dickinson. Yeah, Jim Dickinson. Oh, man. Let's see if we know. Eighties here. Um, Apparently, he just passed away. I guess not that long ago. Heart failure. Hit, hit that Wikipedia link. Does it show what albums he's produced, though? I think these are some of them. No, hit that Wikipedia. I, link. I am. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's third sister lovers under T. Mm, um, oh yeah. But uh, some of it's real weird and obscure, and some of it is uh, Dash Rip Rock. You've probably heard of them. There's got to be more than that. Yeah, it's just, I don't yeah, know. That's Wikipedia for you. Yeah, it right. may not reflect recent. Uh, yeah, okay. But I'm sure it'll say on there that he was born. Yeah, born yeah in Little Rock. Rock right there. Raised 41. in Chicago and then Memphis. So he was well-rounded with good music between... Arkansas, Chicago, and mm. Memphis. Yeah. Let's see, here's some of the names I think he worked with. Um, I, I know that um, another guy from Little Rock is uh, uh, the Panther Burns. What is the name of the guy? I've just gone blank. Panther Burns. I've never heard the, of the, 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 the name of the band is the Panther Burns, but uh, even Alex Chilton toured with this guy. He was from Arkansas. He was born in Arkansas, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not familiar with the Panther Burns. Oh, it's a guy's name, and he's like, he's kind of like a, kind of like a hillbilly mixed with a Dracula mixed with a musician. Felix will find it. Yeah. I'm trying. What's his name? Here. Tav Falco. Tav Falco. Yeah. Tav Falco's Panther Burns. Hmm. So the so I know that all these guys, um, and. So he's kind of like this anti-artist at one point, and he's on the show in Memphis, and they're like, so people like your music? And he introduces people, and Alex, Chil- <laughs> Alex Chilton from the Box Tops and Big Star is touring with him playing guitar, and not he introduces them as Axel Chitlin instead oh of Alex God. Chilton. And it's the whole, it's just like, I don't know, he's part of the joke, and the joke is you, and you're and he's in on it kind of thing. What? Tav Falco's Panther. He played Burns. here recently at Whitewater, and uh, his uh, one of his producers um, hit me up, and he said, "Hey, thanks for playing Tav on your radio show. Um, he's he, he uh, he's going to be at Whitewater if you'd like oh, to meet him." Wow. And I, I got sick that night. I, I was like going to do one of those like, "Hey, this is Tav Falco. You're listening to Great Matter Radio." Yeah, that would have been but, really uh, cool. It's it's a it's a whole other subculture. Like you can just get into just like with the church of the subgenius just follow some of the stuff with Luke, uh, Jim Dickinson. Mm. Yeah, I need this shit on a t-shirt. 
Have, like you got, have, you, have you guys seen any of the stuff, uh, 24-hour party people, the, the movie? Uh-uh. It's about Manchester music and Tony Wilson. He had a, a, a TV series or a show called uh, So It Goes, and it follows a lot of the Manchester music scene from before Joy Division, after Ian Curtis kills himself, Factory Records, uh, Happy Mondays, and stuff like that. And that's a really good show. And then there's a book, called Control based on uh, Ian Curtis of Joy Division. His wife wrote a book that I've read. It's called Touching from a Distance, and uh, it's based off of that book. It's really cool. So if you if you really like to – you'd be a Joy Division fan if you watch Control and and uh, 24-Hour Party People. Yeah. Just really, really well done. I had a chance in 2015 when I went to overseas again, and I, I had an extra day, and I went – I was in Birmingham, not Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Birmingham is Alabama. Birmingham is in England. Right. And it's, you may have heard the show Peaky Blinders. Heard of it. That was set. Is that the one about uh, the gangsters? And yeah. Mm. That's set in Birmingham. And also some band like Black Sabbath, I think is the name. Ozzy Osbourne. He's from Birmingham. I've Mm. heard of them before. Um, Oh, oh, okay. I got you. So they're, they're there and it's about. It's a little ways further north to Manchester, and I talked to my friend I was with, and they were like, I wanted to get on a train and visit stuff in between, but the train only takes you there. And she said, as long as you have the train ticket, you can ride and get off anywhere in between to and there, mm. to and from. So I, like, at the at dawn, walked down to this train station and uh, went to Macclesfield, where uh, Ian Curtis killed himself in his in their flat. He had a daughter named Natalie. That's my first daughter's name. I named her after uh, Natalie from Ian Curtis. Actually, my this tattoo here is of the album Unknown Pleasures. Yep, Unknown Pleasures. And uh, Brooke did this one. Mm. And uh, of my four tattoos, two of them were done there at Lucky Bella. And uh, this uh, Thunderbird was done by Ryan. Nice. Mm, yeah. Nice. And uh, just between music, the tattoos, his band, the radio show, it's amazing. Like what things? It's like uh, butterfly wings. Like you don't know what's gonna touch somebody else. Like I probably would have never heard of you. I might have like through the music scene seen some one of your posts for this. Yeah. But it it would have been. It's just it's just strange, and the really the first time I really met Ryan is I went to that uh, Twelve Guitars of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And we just started talking, I think, and then that was before I even had the radio show. Yeah, that'll be coming back up soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I want to go ahead and since you're uh, exclusive viewers, when they're giving away this thousand dollar thing, their main words that they use if you just at thirty minutes of each hour during the day, the weekdays, type in pan, rock, wings or square you're probably going to be one of the keywords oh, so you don't even have to listen to the radio all right just for watching this you get my exclusive way wow. i haven't won a thousand dollars yet cause <laughs> but i did get this tattoo from going online to edge and signing up every day and if you like them on facebook or whatever you get more votes and you share sure. it mm-hmm. Well, I won front row to like Travis Tritt or something. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. Uh, second row, seats one and two. Nice. And I was talking to some nurse friends and they're like, man, those tickets are like $300. I was like, no way. And I looked them up and it was like a $600 package for two tickets. And they're like, are you going? I was like, no. <laughs> you didn't go? She's like, I'll give you 150 
So this is a, a country music brought, brought me my Joy Division <laughs> tattoo. Thanks, Travis Tritt. Nice. And uh, and I got to talk to him a lot. I mean, that's pretty intricate with all the lines and stuff. Yeah. And it, it's it's one of my favorite album covers. It's uh, the first recorded pulse, uh, radio signals from uh, Pulsar Star. Mm. And it was like in an encyclopedia in the 70s, and Joy Division liked it. And mm-hmm. I, um, because it was just like kind of like uh, Spinal Tap, where there's just the black album, they just wanted something simple on there, I guess. But if you go online and look up Unknown Pleasures about the history of, of the where they got the album, it's pretty interesting. But it was a, like India Inc., and these are all pulsars from the star. But it, as a nurse, sometimes that shows a little bit, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Are those EKG rhythms?" <laughs> oh, man. Or, or some people are like, Do "You like the Rocky Mountains?" <laughs> I'm like, "It's whatever you want it to be." Man. That's tough. I do like the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> That's in, a tough in set fact. Right there. Uh, you'd have to. You'd have to. You know, I didn't. Me. I didn't get my first tattoo until about two years ago. Oh wow! Really? My my father was always like, "Your body is your temple. Those are permanent. You mm-hmm. know." Not while you're living under my roof. <laughs> and he was a police officer, too. So everybody he pulled over had long hair and tattoos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you think everybody with long hair and tattoos is a criminal. Sure. I mean, you just kind of like that's the genre. So I think he he basically taught me how to get away with crime longer because <laughs> I looked like an all-American kid. Yes, sir. If you look if you look honest and like all-American, throw out that you serve for your country. Mm-hmm. You it can, is true. Just a good old boy. <laughs> that's some white privileged mm-hmm. country. Uh-huh. There you go. It's a real thing. <laughs> the opposite happens when you look the opposite. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course. Um, of course. The others I got at, at the parlor, um, they were doing like these $13 for for a tattoo with a 13 on it for yeah. Halloween or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually Friday the 13th back when yep. they had the shows at the parlor. Yep. And I, I knew Scott Diffie from back when he was riding BMX bikes and doing tricks and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, I would always said, if I, if I ever get a tattoo, you're going to be one of the people that give me my tattoo. So it wasn't him that night. He wasn't available. And my friend paid for it. So Hell like, yeah. But different. then I made this big thing about it. You know, it's a 13. It almost, and then it was the only tattoo on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it looks like something you got from Cracker, <laughs> Cracker Jacks. And you're like, sure. that little tattoo is awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. You've been in prison. You must be hardcore. <laughs> Yeah, that's so how. And then you know, pull out that southwest, you know, that southwest. <laughs> then I throw shit. the O nine. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm on I want to do. I want to do an O nine er show where I play all the music I listen to back in the, on the block. Yeah, sure. Which I mean, it would still include uh, Scorpions and Def Leppard mm-hmm. and Ozzy Osbourne. But I was breakdancing back then, too. Oh, yes, dude. <laughs> wicked, yes. wicked, 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 wicked. <laughs> yes, yes. What were you breakdancing to? Man, it, fucking Black Sabbath, man. <laughs> no. uh... My favorite album was the Breaking soundtrack, but there was some album that was some. I got some kind of rap thing. The guy that I was on a breakdancing team with, his name was James Brown. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you got it good, like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh. It's, ooh oh, yeah. Okay. One of my favorite scenes is breaking the movie, uh, breaking an apostrophe without the G, breaking. <laughs> and uh, they play um, Kraftwerk and, and uh, Turbo. Okay. Dances with a broom. What? Look up a uh, breaking apostrophe or in apostrophe and then a uh, broom dance. Oh, and uh, broom dance. 
84. It's right there. Uh, right street sweeping right there. Street train sweeping. But, but, so the, it blew my mind. I never heard of craft work, and this was, what, I don't know, 84? So I was 12 at the time? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, 12. And uh, here I'm introduced to craft work, this German electronic band, mm-hmm. and this dude's breakdancing to it in, mm-hmm. like, in like a Brooklyn sort of New York type of scene. Oh shit, man! This is classic. Wow, look at those moves. Yo, move it. But what's cool is it's not playing to rap. It's not mm-hmm. like it's. I mean, there was some good stuff like broken glass everywhere. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha! It's like a jungle sometimes. <laughs> but he's playing to a German electronic music in this one. Just a break, yeah. That's those Turbo. Snakes. The other guy's Ozone, and then the girl they meet, Special K, and she's a regular dancer, and mm-hmm. she, they teach them the way of breakdancing. <laughs> They didn't fight back then. They breakdance battled. <laughs> there was this one movie I saw, man. I don't even remember it. I don't remember the name of it. Jerry showed it to me because he loves to show me awful, like, 80s movies. Are you saying it this was, is awful? Dude, the movie I saw was awful. It was these bunch of, like, ballerina, like, very, you know, proper dancers. And then this crew, this break crew challenge them to like a dance off and there's this big competition about it that might be in this one dude no it's not it's oh my god i'd have, have to ever, ask him the name it's so fucking speaking bad, of bad dude. good movies uh have you seen um they live Mm-mm. It's, i i haven't i haven't seen all of they live but i've seen but parts it's rowdy of roddy piper yeah the, the wrestler with the uh and they put gla- they put they yeah. find these sunglasses and they yeah. figure out who the infiltrating aliens are with these special sunglasses. Yeah. What? And then when they put the sunglasses, like they're walking by this magazine rack, mm-hmm. and it says, you know, marble cigarettes, and and they had, the guy has cash. He puts the glasses on, and it says, consume, conform, Whoa. money is your god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Damn. It, it, there's a famous line. I throw it in on the show sometimes. He said, he goes into a bank, and he, like, figures out who these people are, and he goes around and starts shooting the aliens. <laughs> and uh, he says... Uh, I came here to shoot bubble, to chew bubble gum and to kick ass, and I'm, I'm all, all out, out of bubble gum. gum. <laughs> that's what that's, <laughs> that's from. classic. Yeah, Duke Nukem. Stole yeah, that's that some from Duke, him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's yeah. where I heard it was Duke Nukem. Yeah, yeah, they got it from They Live. Yeah. I'm thinking it might be a Romero film, like the guy who did all the. It's actually funny how much stuff comes from that film. Really? Yeah, and, there's and a then, lot. Wow. Another interesting thing that I thought was cool with that last in 2015 Techno Squiddies Parliament album we did we called we're back what did we miss you know like hey we were here the whole time what's up y'all oh everybody's looking at their phone and not talking to each other and music's gone to crap and the music industry is on its and uh and i was talking to we're always talking about what the best flyer is and the best band name and pap smear ribbon is my favorite punk band if i ever make one nice but then there's the the guitar player pap smear that's uh played with nirvana and the germs but anyway, uh, Billy Ruman and the Enzymes is good, too. Uh, <laughs> man, I could just talk all the time. <laughs> and I, I was like, what am I going to say? I'm so tired. I don't have nothing to say. I'm not, killed it. I'm not cool. Wait, we, you'd yeah, be surprised. Dude, like, it. Yeah. I've had a lot of people that, that have started out like that. Mm-hmm. And then once you get them in here. We get into yeah, some, we get into some get shit. Get them warmed up. Mm-hmm. I just like to share the things that I like and know, you know. Yeah. And find things that are in common with people. Because there's too many differences. People try to find differences in people. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's just like you said. Like the uh, 
like just a few degrees of separation because had it not been for Ryan playing your show, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have had an idea who you were. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure that like if I send, hey, mom, I'm on this podcast and here's a goat with the upside down cross. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, They'd be very proud. A lot of people won't. They're so close minded that they won't give that even a chance. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I mean, yeah. And even just the, the same name. with music and, and the yeah, name. For and, sure. Mm hmm. But other, than, other than the name and the way we look and the logo, we got everything going. For yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like Techno Squiddy's Parlin ended up in Techno. <laughs> yeah, bands yeah. And, uh huh. And um, funk and. Uh, so Aaron Sarlo said, "You did you know NASA has no copyrights because the government, the people we own NASA, so mm -hmm. you could you can use any NASA oh, photograph." Shit. Uh, on a flyer. Oh wow! Okay. So for a while we were going in the old Nat and like with the guy with the jetpack or the weird, and uh, he was putting that on. And he re did some research and found out that the Night of the Living Dead is no longer copyright written. Like you can show it anywhere and charge mm -hmm. people for it. You can use it on a T-shirt and no royalties or copyright infringement. Nice. So the front of the Techno Squid album is a scene from the Walking the Night of the Living Dead. And the zombies are walking up to the people's house, and they've all come out of their graves and stuff. And one of them has a toe tag type of thing on their arm, and he wrote TSCP for Techno Squiddy's Party. <laughs> and the, the album title is supposed to be like, we're back, what did we miss? Um, are we back from the dead? Or are you guys zombies? Ooh. It's kind of like the, the question there. Oh, okay. But, uh, all right. But I, there's some good. There's this one of my favorite songs off that album is called Buck Rogers, and uh, it's about a girl that he likes, but she likes Buck Rogers. And he <laughs> wished that he was Buck Rogers so he could kiss the girl. Yeah, who doesn't? Um, I used to be uh, in hang around with Ben Nichols from uh, from Lucero. He was actually one of the, the before Techno Squid. I was in a band called uh, uh, Victory Garden. Victory Garden is what they would make. I think during World War II to help supply their own, like you'd make a garden, it's a victory garden for the war, but you were also taken off of the economy by helping grow your own food or something or something hmm. like that. Anyway, so the name of the band was Victory Garden. Hmm. And uh, there was a band called the Harbingers and Link Springs, and they were more of the REM pop sort of techno squid sounding stuff. At more than the, but they were the same scene as the Numbskulls and Trusty and all that, the early and uh ben had long hair and kind of sang kind of higher and nasally in, in both of those bands and he played bass and then he was in another punk s s with colin brooks that drummer guys a drummer slut there's an awesome pop punk band called red 40 yeah like from the name of the dye that they use in cokes or whatever and uh, i think it's red 40 and he i think he gets on guitar and he sings in that one but anyway uh it, it, sometimes stuff like when somebody has made it pretty decent in the music industry but then when they see you in a bar and they're like you know I really liked Techno Squiddy's Parliament and some of that songwriting influenced this and that um, the guys a couple of guys from the American Princess they did really well they were on a label mm. and uh, the lead singer David Slade came to me once and he's like they were you had quit the band it was like you, were, you did the movie but you're back living in Little Rock and there was Fresh Blood Night at, at Vino's, which I wish they would bring back to like throw together any band, all ages, just and just play and have a stage to play on. Is really was an awesome thing. And good music and 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 meeting other people is is cool from that. But uh, 
I think he played in a band called Halo 8. And I don't even remember this. It, and they told me I did acid, too. I don't remember some of the drugs they told me I took. So I must have taken a lot. I don't know. Maybe I just have a bad memory. But uh, he said that they were playing and people were talking in the audience over them, like a quiet part of the song. And I, he said I got up and was like, listen, you're here to listen to the music. The music is what you're here for. Uh, this is a band. They're brand new. Their kids trying their best, and they have the balls to get up here. And until you can make a band, and you have the guts to get up here and try something, you guys just need to shut up and listen to this band. <laughs> and he was like, "Everybody, shut up!" And we played, and it was like the greatest rock and roll thing. <laughs> I don't even remember doing it. Mm, holy shit! And maybe I like embellished it a little bit too. But uh, uh, it's interesting how. I mean, a lot of people remember Techno Squiddy's Parliament. It's just weird. Mm. Um, and we, we had videos about to hit MTV. And it's just strange to almost make it in a band and almost make it in the film industry. And then, I don't know. I can't seem to get out of Little Rock now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's not a bad place to be. It The cost of living is good. Yeah. I just... Um, I have a friend that lives near Dallas, and there's just so much more good music that will come. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, even Memphis, two and a half hours away. Well, I think that's part of the problem is we're we're stuck in the middle between the two, yeah, so we're sure. just a we're just a pass through. Yeah, really. it's also a good. Every once in a while, we'll that's catch. why Benton is a good drug drop off for the government <laughs> to cover up for the True. guys on the tracks, sort of Shit. thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. But I always thought. I mean, even the Rolling Stones got arrested coming through Arkansas up north at one point. I think Keith, Keith Richards talks about it. But if Little Rock is in the middle, exactly in the middle. I mean, I think in Bryant at some graveyard, there's a historical marker. You're in the exact center of Arkansas. Mm. So we're real close to the center. You've got St. Louis, New Orleans, Dallas, and Memphis. It's mm. not exactly a cross. And we're right in the dead crosshairs mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And people will drive right past us. And then you go to a show and see how the audience reacts. And I would drive right past us, too. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Unfortunately. Even, I think uh, there's a song about Little Rock by, um, oh, my gosh, what's the name of the band? I can't remember. But they, they, they came through Little Rock and played at Sticky's when it first opened. And somebody stole the, the chick, one of the, one of the musicians' hats. And they're like, Little Rock sucks. Nobody showed up, and they stole my damn hat. Yeah. Of Montreal is the name of that band. Um, but have you heard? Uh, have you heard um, David Cross's spiel about oh Little God, Rock? Oh God, no. <laughs> he played it. He played it. Uh, he did a little comedy show at Vino's, um, and he got he got heckled by some redneck hillbilly, mm -hmm. uh, which was uh -uh. terrible. <laughs> He, he talked shit because the green room was the alley, you know. Um, <laughs> well, there's actually a green room at Vino's in the back. A lot of people don't know. If yeah. you ever get a chance to get up on that stage, go back behind the stage a little bit. And there's a brick room that mm -mm. makes you feel like a... <laughs> yeah, he, he, he tore it It's he more like apart. a... Understandably so. Unfortunately. There seems to be a bit of a like a local revival, though. Yeah, I for feel sure. Like. I feel uh -huh. like there's some know. stuff recently... I I think been... a lot of people are the reason cover bands do so well is because people don't like to think and if they are already comfortable with the music that somebody already told you was cool I mean a lot of this music did somebody have money to make somebody play it a lot and that became popular because they heard it on the radio or was it really good music mm. yeah there is a cross between the two where you sure. really got good bands that just had a good backing but there's a lot of crappy music too of course certainly and I think there's a there's a movie called Towncraft about Arkansas music, mostly the punk scene, 
Technosquiddy's Parliament was completely on purpose left out of it. We weren't even mentioned in it, I think, because of one of the, the I think the producer's uh, sister got dicked over by somebody <laughs> in the band or something. <laughs> but there was some kind of grudge, but we weren't really, it was more about the punk scene and, yeah. and Trusty and, and all that stuff. And uh, uh, that's a cool thing to see. If you, if you can listen to the soundtrack or, or watch the movie called... Uh, Towncraft. It's an interesting, like, little rock scene, and it, 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 if it was an MRI, it would it, that's just one slice of the body that, yeah. I mean, that you're picking out that mm-hmm. they talk about. Um, and I think they mentioned like Ashtray Babyhead, but mostly it's just all you, you got to be cool and part of the part punk of the rock club to be in it. Yeah. But uh, Paul Bowling, the bass player for Trusty, he's interviewed on it and says some really cool stuff about Little Rock. And I think that he says something along the lines of uh, the uh, that it's too there's too many too much good stuff in one small area. And and I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's not a lot of helping each other out without wanting something in return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of backstabbing or talking crap behind your back that is true i think one of the best clubs in a long time that's closed now because it's one of the good ones it was kind of what i considered the cbgb's of little rock and that was downtown music yeah when i first went there there was poetry an art show 607 the rapper rapping over like some radiohead song a plus setup some punk rock band and then like almost like a country western sort of uh, americana band all on the same night, people talking to each other, getting along, yeah, enjoying the 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 art. I mean, art is art, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that... it, it gets real. It's real sad that people will only. I mean, the 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 thing that I I like Vino's, and I don't hate heavy metal. It's not my favorite type of music, mm-hmm. and uh, but that's mostly the biggest draws I've seen lately is just heavy metal at Vino's. And mm-hmm. it used to be the, you would see like funkadelic stuff and, and punk and, uh, more of your power pop. Uh, all kind, you would see like used to Vino's when it first started every Friday and Saturday, everybody would go there no matter what band it was and pay the five. And, and the, I'm kind of like the $5 cover. Things were $5 when my band played in 92 mm-hmm. and now people are like, oh, can you get me on the guest list? It's five bucks. Yeah. Let me get that $6 shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these five right. beers for $5 each. But the guy that I'm friends with and supporting, I want to not pay for 20% of what he's going to get mm-hmm. of the cut. Yeah. I mean, if, if the max people in there is 350 people fire code and you're paying $5 each sold out, how much? What's what's five times three fifty? A lot. It's not. It's not not, not enough. <laughs> but but it's not. Uh, Especially if you have to split that uh, with between the, three the or club four bands. and yeah. Then you pay the sound man who always gets paid no mm-hmm. matter whether the band does or not. Right. The, there's a bar back. Sometimes they won't even pay for the bar back because they don't figure a lot of people they'd rather them just go up front. I guess, but I don't know. Also, uh, with with Gray Matter Radio, I've tried. I haven't done it in a while, but I try to interview people of Little Rock of doing something like I've had Ryan on there for Illusionod and and uh, the tattoo of Lucky Bella. 
I've interviewed Chris King, who who runs uh, Stickies and uh, Rev Room. Rev Room yeah. He actually booked Techno Squid when we first went to Fayetteville at JR's Lightbulb back in 92 or whatever. Uh, so I knew him from back then, and it was kind of cool to talk about old times there. Darian Stribling has a really good, in Austin, Arkansas, he has Blue Chair Studios. Yeah. There's a, there's a Scottish musician um, uh, that I interviewed who's always been around Vino's, and, and we talked about some of the stuff that he, he's done. Um, I had Aaron Sarlo. I want to do Clay, like something called Clay Bell from Technosquid, because he's still got his own new stuff and some acoustic stuff, and he plays in a in an 80s cover band called Pop Rocks. And it sounds funny and everything, but he probably makes as much money as I do doing that. Oh, wow. And he's done shows in Vegas with, like, Mark McGrath comes out on stage or the singer for Poison's done a song with him. It's just like, wow. Used to, Technosquid, we wouldn't even do a cover song because we were so anti... I don't know if it was, like, anti-frat or anti-frat mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, just, like, drink beer and beat people up sort of thing. (laughs) Because we figure if you had to have somebody to tell you what music was cool, then you'd like a cover band because, and nobody's going to get up and dance and, and unless Bob, Billy Bob, the leader of the crew gets up and dance. Sure. Don't wait for somebody to tell you something's cool. You got your mind. Mm-hmm. And, and if you like something, you know, dance like nobody's watching, I guess. There We're all made know. of star stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that's don't, beat, true. don't beat people up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we're uh we're a little bit over two hours now. Oh my gosh! I'm, uh, quick, we're yeah. gonna wrap this up. Um, if you want to hear more from Shane, is there a is there a place we can find uh uh psychedelic squid somewhere? Is it still out and about? Techno squid. Techno squid. Techno squid. Psychedelic. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> well, I Sorry. mean, Techno if, you squid. Got, if you got Spotify, you can listen to it's on both the albums are on there. Yeah. Techno squid. It's techno hyphen squid eats parliament. Eats parliament. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Gray Matter Radio, just check out the Facebook or Instagram, and it's on Twitter, but I don't twat a lot. <laughs> That's the same thing with mm. us. We're there, but yeah. just in spirit mostly. But uh, it's cool things. like It's like you got, you're got you doing an interview of something local, and now I have to have you on my show. Oh, hell yeah. But yeah. when I have somebody on, you get to pick like 15 songs that you like and tell me about how they influenced you. Oh, so man, yeah. I, that really brings out a lot of people. Like, totally nostalgia. down. Yeah, that would be I don't know if my music would be to your crowd's taste though. I'm a little more. I'm not as rock. But that that's okay. Okay. I mean that's that's even better because you know don't you it helps you not get stuck in mm. a rut. Okay. Cool. I mean, only thing that really I think turns people off is if it's just somebody rage yelling into a thing and it's yeah, just like it's not necessarily that. But that's but, yeah. And but there's some good stuff like that too mm, sure but yeah check sure. out shane on spotify techno squid eats parliament check out shane on facebook gray matter radio on kabf 88.3 fm or at gray matter radio um kabf.org you can listen to it online there mm-hmm. as well, yep right? you'll find uh yeah, if you go to listen live it has to be between nine and nine and 11, 11 on thursdays Central Standard Time. on thursdays um go ahead and you know live stream the radio i love listening to it in my car but i mean uh if you have an iPhone, tablet, or anything, you can listen to it anywhere. The stream's not as good, but well. And I recommend headphones. People don't listen to music with headphones enough yeah. anymore. Yeah, you really get a uh, you get more out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff you don't notice. It's like putting not. on 3D glasses on your ears. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. 
So yeah, check it out, 80, uh, 88.3 FM, uh, 9 to 11 on Thursdays. And then uh, make sure to check out sameolddevils.com. That's where we have all of our podcasts. Uh, you can find us on YouTube on there, any other kind of podcast station, what the fuck ever. We're on, we're, it's on, it's on the website. And so then. start off as a clothing? Yeah. Yeah, originally, mm-hmm. that's are what it started. Are you going to have clothes for sale? We, we have do. clothes we for do. sale. Uh, Perfect uh, segue. These are, these are t-shirts? Yeah. Yep. Um, sameolddevils.com forward slash shop or forward slash shirts or what the fuck ever you want to find. We got it and you here. And your own screen printing? No, I are wish. Do you, or do you sew the clothes? No, I. Uh, so I'm, I'm, at, I'm working on. Sorry, I'm interviewing him. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. I'm working on tags, uh, which I'll be doing, uh, putting on the shirts myself. Um, and then Electric Ghost does our screen printing. <clears throat> That's who did our recent uh, Techno Squid shirts. Yeah, yeah, they're fantastic over there. But, That's a good um, musician, yeah. that guy. Yeah, He's in a couple of cool bands. Yeah, yeah, a couple of big time ones. Uh, hopefully, maybe one day I can. Sweet talk him into coming and <laughs> hanging out for a little bit. But Shane, thanks for coming, yeah, man. Yeah, thank thanks you. For, thanks for being it. here. I learned uh, quite a bit. I talked way too much. There was well, uh, that's the, you're the guest. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a there was a lot. Yeah, no, that's the whole point. That's yeah. the idea. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just you know with this whole new new me trying to get away from ego and trying to promote other stuff. It's kind of hard to jump back in and talk about how awesome you are you know talk about yeah yourself. sometimes you just got to realize you know you're a dope dude <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna head out don't tell here, the cops folks. i'm a dope we... guy <laughs> <laughs> dope they, man dope man you're still clean cut they yeah. won't notice yeah it's oh, fine yeah. i'll <laughs> just keep a long sleeve on this tag there you go <laughs> well we love you we appreciate Thanks. you oh bye-bye see you people good day